0: Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path. Uh, what are these things? Share lore? Research check. Research check? Uh, some,
1: some, That's I right. Share lore is our other
0: thing. Research check. I never get that right. Uh, <laughs> so, welcome to myself. the Find the Path Ventures <laughs> Research Check. I am Rick Sandage. I am joined by my fellow co hosts. I could introduce you or you can introduce yourselves. I'm Jordan.
2: Rachel Sandage.
0: <laughs> we have hoodies. Wait, oh, well, yeah. you have a hoodie. I don't You have, have a
2: hoodie. hoodie. We don't have hoodies. What's up well, with that, that Jordan? That's like your personal
0: problem. It sounds I didn't like realize that. You should that, have told us me. you
2: were ordering one, and I could have slipped mine in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could have. It's not in the budget. It didn't. Uh,
2: Let's be honest. In my my inner goth would want a black one anyway.
0: That's fair.
1: We, the default one is black, and most oh. people have been ordering
2: black ones. Oh, okay. That makes sense.
0: My inner assassin with like a white hoodie. Uh, yeah. So actually, we're not here to sell hoodies today, however. Uh, although if you want to buy a hoodie, I'm sure we've got them somewhere. We have merch. We uh, do have Instead, we're we actually here today to talk about the Pathfinder 2 beginner's box. I would point to it, but I always point wrong. Jordan, point to the beginner's box.
1: Beginner's box is over there.
0: Over there. Okay. Over there. <laughs> over there. So, <laughs> did I do it right? Let's
2: find out. Ha! Yes, yes, you did. It I right. did. No.
0: <laughs> I, I am apparently the only one incapable of doing that properly. So, uh, yeah. So, Pathfinder 2 has been out for over a year now. However, the beginner's box was released uh, relatively recently. I think, unlike many things that we, we review, this one isn't that old.
1: yeah it came out like maybe six weeks ago
0: yeah not too long not too long so
1: for us that's pretty recent
2: (laughs) yeah
0: so yeah we figured we take the uh the time (laughs) time no longer exists (laughs) not for us it's collapsed into a singularity so we figured we'd take the opportunity to talk a little bit about our thoughts on the beginners box uh Mm Our professional opinions, not as really Pathfinder 2 beginners, because we've kind of been toying around with this system for some time now, but
1: beginners. we had like a little mini series, you know, technically
0: the whole world are beginners of Pathfinder mere infants uh, compared to, you know, 3.0, 3.5 Pathfinder, all that good stuff. So, yeah, I suppose anyway. <laughs> we should uh, we should jump into things. So uh, I believe we've got the uh, the front cover of it up. Is is that right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I got it. Nailed it. Uh, the front cover up over there. So I suppose we should start with that. I like this cover.
2: I mean it's very I classic. Do too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it's very much that classic like pairing of of the two equal sides and then the big bad in the middle. Like I yeah. like it. It's yeah. uh I I just continue to love the art. Um this is you know, this product of course is no exception to having amazing art, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. top and bottom.
0: I also like to uh Small spoiler for something ahead: uh, a green dragon does show up in the adventure in this box. I believe it is a wormling, so I like it to is. think that that's their tell-telling of their fight against the green dragon. But actually, it's about <laughs> cat size. Um, <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> you know, you gotta exaggerate; yeah. otherwise, it's not hey, a you story know what? worth in the telling. In
1: continuing the adventure, they could have Mama come for the baby
0: that you murdered, and then that's, there's your big one. That is true. true, 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 and depressing. Uh, yeah, it, it, play, it plays a bit of an homage to the first one, um, the Beginner's Box for Pathfinder 1, since that was also them fighting a dragon. Although in that case, it was a black dragon, and I think it was a little bit bigger. Uh, I want yeah, to say age. it was
1: definitely bigger than a cat. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it's it's that quintessential typically. Dungeons and Dragons thing where you have a dungeon and there's a dragon.
0: Yeah. So, Except I mean, for, you they, know.
2: They tend to go hand in hand.
0: It's true. Or claw in I don't know what dungeons have porticulus claw and Portoclus. So that'll work. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, and I suppose uh cracking open the box it is a I find I found that it was a it was contained a lot more in here than I initially anticipated it actually having.
1: I was pleasantly surprised to see so much stuff put in the box.
2: <laughs> I, I didn't really have anything to compare it to, so um I thought it was you know, pretty well rounded, all things considered.
1: Thought it was good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, so, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. the Pathfinder 1E beginner's box was very much focused around um, it simplified the rules, it gave you an adventure and a path to get people to play the full game. So mm-hmm. basically, it said, hey, for the first session, take out this, then slowly add this, this, and this. Um, so it put a lot more on the game master and there was nothing to continue the adventure afterwards so the the thought was the beginner box you do it and you immediately graduate to the full game this however is much more geared around if you just need to get started this is kind of the all-in-one box that has everything takes your characters up to third level it has some continuing the adventure kind of you know hooks for how to make the game further it even tells you like about otari where the the adventure takes place there's a little like kind of gazetteer like You know, who's who and everything, which is a lot more than you got in the first edition one.
2: Yeah, it it hooks you and then it keeps it going, which is nice.
0: Yeah. And we'll
2: get into that more detail here in a little bit. Yeah.
0: So I suppose to, uh, to, I guess, dive into what all is in the box. Uh, It comes with a box, which holds your stuff.
2: Which uh, if you have a a Pathfinder cat, the cat will get in the box. Sure. Uh, So beware. (laughs)
0: <laughs> even if it's not yes. a Pathfinder cat, any cat, really. I
2: mean, any cat, but I figure, uh, you know, Pathfinder cats are more likely <laughs> because they'll see it and think, Oh, mine.
0: This, this looks like an for your, drummer, your drummer cat. <laughs> yes. Um, it comes with dice, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It comes. You're all
1: going to be sharing the dice, which is kind of a little, you know, weird, yeah, I guess,
0: but my only, I'll say something I like about it and then something I disliked about it. So uh, the thing that I liked about it was the dice are color coded and the Mm -hmm. books refer to the dice, not only by the dice, but also by the color of them, which generally speaking, it's, it's that common thing where D someone you'll say D eight and someone will grab a D 10, or you'll say D 20 and someone will grab a D 12. So actually having them color coded is kind of nice.
1: Yeah, it was definitely something that I did in the first edition box when we were we were Jess and I were teaching uh, middle school kids how to play. So that's yeah. kind of my yeah. bar is like what it was when we were teaching middle schoolers to play versus what we got in the box. And we did the same thing where we divvied up the dice in different colors so we could just be like, "Hey, roll your red one, your blue yeah. one, things like yeah.
2: that." Well, heck, when we were uh, when we were first learning from Rick, we went to. um you know, the comic book store to, to buy our first set of dice. And mm-hmm. we didn't buy one of the preset ones. We went to the, you know, the little bins that had all the, and we, put, we, uh, uh, and a we bunch picked of different colors ones. for each, each one. And to this day, I still use my green D20. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. That's your lucky one. <laughs>
2: that's my lucky one. Yeah. Hey,
0: there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, But uh, so I personally like that they're color coded. I know before we got on here, uh, Rachel raised one valid point about them color coding it.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you're colorblind, it ain't going to help you any. Um, I mean, now it really depends on your type of colorblindness. Like my dad is red and uh, green colorblindness, which is why I don't know how he drives. Um, But. There are different kinds where it's like oranges and yellows and whatnot. So you can still get a spectrum. So as yeah. long as they're all different colors, you can still usually tell.
1: Yeah. Which the, the biggest concern is somebody who's monochromatic colorblind yeah. where they only see basically in black and whites and yeah. grays. Yeah. So Although, to them, they're not going to see. It's not yeah. going to help them.
0: Yeah. Although they very rarely just say the red dye. It usually says, you know, the D20 yeah, and it's the red one. Uh, so it technically yeah. it doesn't impede them and it's useful for Anyone who uh, does not have an issue with distinguishing between different colors,
1: yeah. My- and every page of the character sheets um, has all of the dice um, by you know d4, d6, so on. Yeah. Um, on every page, so no matter what page you're looking at, you can easily reference that, which I thought was
0: really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My complaint is that it is a six dice set. And it you does not day. have the percentile die.
2: Oh, yep. okay. Yeah, and I know because they're moving away from that.
0: I know, but it's the classic seven dice set.
2: Oh, well, seven's a lucky number too. Yeah. They should just keep it a seven. Yeah. But or give whatever. you two
0: D6s or something like that. Find,
1: <laughs> yeah, find more reasons to, to use the percentile dice.
0: <laughs> well, I mean... Considering that they moved to flat checks in second edition, there's not really much yeah. of a reason to use the percentile dice at all. But, you know, I come from the old school of loving my, you know, A, D, and D random percentile chances for pretty much everything. It's like, <laughs> I decided to say, stay in the cheap end room. Do I get lice? Roll. I mean, um. <laughs> I, I love the percentile
2: dice for the random character creation because yeah. you'd always be like, roll the percentile. Yeah, yeah. I have created many a character using that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So it's a minor gripe, but it was a bit of a gripe. Uh, and again, I think they're moving away from that and it makes some sense. They should have just included it for old time's sake.
1: Um, well, I think that's also the thing of like you would have had another color to manage, mm-hmm. and then people be getting confused on like which of the d- of the d tens to roll, you know, because to so them they just look. So the same. you
2: make one regular, and then you make one sparkly. This is not difficult. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are oh, multiple there you you colors the in the dice. rainbow. That's how you get around the color blindness <laughs> thing: is texturing them
0: exactly. Yep. There's also there's also the small part where, especially for the uh, the intro sheet. That it lines up the dice and it has them, you know, from D four all the way up. But there's that art student part of me that it bothered me that they didn't do the Roy G. Biv, that it wasn't <laughs> yeah. arranged in the proper color spectrum. It's like, yeah, you came close. You had the red D twenty. You could have gone with it, but <laughs> oh well. I, to be fair, I guess making the D twelve orange and the D twenty red would probably make it a little bit more difficult to tell them apart.
2: Yeah, you got to have some differentiation in there. <laughs>
0: yeah. So uh, after that, we go to the, uh, they provided some uh, four pre-generated character sheets in here. Yep. And uh, I, w- I think we should mention at the same time, they provided four pre-generated character sheets and there were six blank character sheets also included in this. Mm-hmm. So if you're kind of getting people to just jump in, especially if you're doing something like setting this up at a... Uh, a game store, or setting this up at a uh, a convention, being able to just let people jump in immediately and play it. The pre gens are a good way of doing that. I think having the blank character sheets there. If it's you and a bunch of your friends, you haven't tried, maybe your first edition player and you're wanting to try second edition, or maybe you're jumping from five E over to trying something different. Yeah, uh, Starfinder that you can kind of jump in. You can make your own characters at this point, but uh, with the I also like that they included six. One in case somebody messes up and just goes, mm-hmm. mm, maybe I didn't like what I made, uh, and two because inevitably, not, nice every, group is, size. Yeah, yeah. not every group is. Yeah, not every group's going to have four people.
2: Yeah, that's very true. Yeah,
1: you'll end up with two wizards or or three clerics or something like
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what do you think about the the pregen choice? They went with the classic fighter, rogue, cleric, wizard breakdown. I
1: mean, you can't you can't go wrong with the classics. Um, I I mean. I think it's it it's a good like kind of cross section of everything that you're going to be doing, like doing melee, doing uh, kind of skills with the traps and all that, mm. um, healing people slash buffing and magic boom booms. So yeah. it hits magic. all the major for- notes. <laughs> yeah. That's the technical term for it. I'll thank yeah. you very much. Oh, oh, oh,
2: I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I have no doubt. Uh, just like booping is healing um, yeah, exactly. or whatever context we want to have it be in. Uh, I mean, I, I really like the pregens because, you know, sometimes when you're introducing someone to the game, you know, it'd be like, hey, you want to use this to do blah, blah, blah. And they actually put that uh, in the front page where it's like, play a fighter if you want to fight on the front you know, lines or react quickly, you know, stuff like that. And I, and I really enjoyed that, especially since I still remember when I was getting into 1E and I was just like, I want to do all the things. Completely overwhelming. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost too many choices. So I kind of yeah. like that they're just like, hey, this does this, this does this, this does this, this does this. And when you're at the beginning, you know, that's enough. And you, when you start playing the game more, you realize that you're not necessarily limited to those things, but it's your starting point. Yeah. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that. Plus I'm that person that I like having an example when I'm trying to create my own character and be like, okay, well, a normal fighter does this. So I want to kind of tweak this, this, and this. So I think it's a really nice, you know, you know, place to begin. And hey, it's the beginner's box.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I also appreciate that the pregens are actually put on actual character sheets as far as Mm -hmm. what the actual character sheet is with this. Um, And it does that nice thing where you have like the one pager of your character and then another page of like, basically, this is what all the stuff is that you have. Um, You know what? And it gives it like an ABCD thing, which I thought was really good for accessibility. So it's not color uh, related. Yeah. So you can easily be like, "G is skills," and there's the G section. So I know yeah. that's what that is. Um, I like, so I thought that was really nice.
2: Uh, I also like that they included a bit of the backstory too, because I mean, that's mm-hmm. what you're going to do with your own characters. So for the pregen, it's like, "Hey, here's an example of what a quick backstory looks like," you know. And you could give people say, "Hey, 15 minutes, write something down" if they're wanting to create their own, and be, and they could use that as a template, which I think is really good.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think that, and I think that was a definite. Good addition because a lot of people especially and a lot of the um the introduction games focus on the g part of rpg and not really the rp part of it which is a lot mm-hmm. of times what people are interested in you know when they first get into a game like this most people are a little bit uncomfortable with the role play side of it mm-hmm. that being yeah. said uh, a lot of times that's what people are getting into this for that's why they're playing this as opposed to playing something like um I mean, my mind immediately went to Descent, but there's a lot of other.
2: You <laughs> I went know. to Cards Against Humanity. So. Well, Munch I was going to say there are a lot of know? other
0: adjacent <laughs> games where it's you know you have miniatures and you move them around the field and you're going through a dungeon and all the rest of that. Uh, what was the one from uh, that had the really cool, um, like quasi chibi anime statue figurines? I can't remember what that was called.
1: I have no idea
0: what you're referring to, but it anyway. sounds rad.
2: My brain went to 13 really Dead and Drive and I was like, that is not it. <laughs> no. Love that game
0: though. So yeah. good. Um Rachel's going classic board games. I was Man, going like I, I went way back because yeah. the only
2: tabletop RPG I've played is Pathfinder.
0: Yeah. And well, it, yeah. And it's, and like that's the thing, random is random it's not really a tabletop RPG. It's almost more of a, a dungeon exploration mini game. And yeah. again, it's getting the G part of the tabletop RPG but it's not really getting the RP part of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, yeah, I thought that that was a good addition. And I found it a little bit, I'm not going to say sad or anything like that. I found it interesting that uh, Sioni was not on the uh, the list for this one and that they went with Ezra, Ezra instead. I think it's maybe just because the wizard's a little bit more classic, well, and a little bit more straightforward than the sorcerer.
1: Yeah, because yeah, it's—I it's, think it's simpler to explain. You have these slots; the slot disappears when you cast the spell. Then you have these number of spells per day, and you can cast anything on this list. Yeah,
2: and see, I and I prefer Sioni's style. I'm, I also I'm prefer not a,
1: sorcerer. So, yeah, I'm definitely
2: know. a sorcerer person myself. But, but it's also—it's the classic
1: wizard, rogue, yeah. cleric, fighter.
0: You know, yeah,
2: it's it's the classic setup. So I understand why they did what they did.
0: Yeah. So uh, after that, I guess uh, coming to a close, I thought the Iconics were good. I agree with both uh, both of y'all's points about both the backstory as well as the layout and actually putting on a character sheet makes it a little bit easier as opposed to having it be a different stat block and then you have to learn a character sheet. Uh, on the subject of the using six dice instead of seven, however, I do like that in the background for the character art, on each of these pages, they yeah. have this reoccurring yeah. motif of the six dice. Yeah. I thought that that cool. yeah, was it's really a nice,
1: neat. like, little texture. That's actually throughout the entire thing. They've got yeah. this, like, yeah. dice on the sidebars, um, which is really nice. Um, just uh, apparently, you're just gonna be seeing those shapes in your sleep after
0: reading through all <laughs> this because they're everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's subliminal messaging, <laughs> exactly. My dice. Find, uh,
2: I mean, <laughs> y- you are never gonna. Um, <laughs> convince me not to buy more dice. Yeah. Uh Heather and I are both the dice goblins of the group. Um and I blame Heather cuz at first I was like, yeah, I'm only ever going to need one set to, you know, to play Pathfinder. And then she was like, "Yes, but each dice represents a character." And I was like, "Oh, that's so true." And now I have <laughs> yes. so many dice and then I have like certain dice where I'm like, "This is for this character. I cannot play these dice with any other character."
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um We touched on it very briefly, but again, they they included some blank character sheets. The character sheets actually, as Jordan mentioned, they have the the dice down one side of it. It also has an explanation for what the action symbols mean on each one of the additional character sheets they provided. I'm going to state something, and I don't mean this as a dig against anyone at Paizo.
2: I'm kind of wondering if you and I are on the same page on something.
0: I actually like the design for this character sheet better than the standard character sheet out of the core rulebook.
3: Okay.
2: Oh, I, was I thinking also the same thought thing. that. It has um, this
0: minimalist <laughs> aesthetic that really appeals to me. I,
2: I actually really like it. Um, no, yep. my other thing was, is um, why is the dice and actions and proficiency on both the pages? Like, because typically you have both of the pages out. So I don't understand why they're on both page. I feel like it's a waste of space.
0: Well, if, if you're not looking at the PDF version, I believe they're printed front and back.
2: I okay, maybe I'm just weird. I don't I don't like printing front and back for my character sheets yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, so I, I that's I don't just either, weird to me. but I, I think
1: it's also one of those things if you're in a small table where space is kind of constrained, you're only gonna have one page visible because yeah. there's not anywhere else to put stuff and your dice and you know, all of that. So I think it's it's probably for that reason.
2: It may be. I don't like it. Table, the, my inner teacher just wants to put it on a bookmark <laughs> and yeah, so that it's I not mean, on my I, page I, at all.
1: Yeah, no. I remember like playing with with the kids at school and it was like the tiny little table mm-hmm. that was like barely big enough for the map, much less any of their stuff. And so like they're they were using like their binders to like put the stuff on. So I think it's yeah. I think it's good, actually, but it's I don't like it's it. definitely something that like unless you're in that kind of a situation, yeah, it's probably not going to be super useful because you can spread out. And, yeah, and I just I just have
2: teacher brain and like you have to utilize every bit of your paper because sometimes <laughs> at certain schools you had to buy your own paper and so having it on there twice it's like just no no i could put more things on there
0: <laughs> I, I would love it if fiso put out that character sheet but without the sidebar on it
2: yeah so I, I actually really end. like this character sheet it, it feels more like one e yeah. and it's easier for me to transfer my brain like okay here's where my skills are here's where like i i, I totally there
0: can. is very little wasted space yeah and yep. You know, for the for the efficiency and the minimalist side of me, that appeals a great deal. Yes. So I uh, also
1: appreciate I like that there's a space to put your pronouns.
2: Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed That's that. Nice. Yeah,
0: that was that was really nice. So yeah, I but I think they included it in the four page sheet also. They did, but yeah, yeah, they it. did. I think they did. You know, I I always appreciate Paizo's dedication to inclusive inclusivity. inclusivity. Thank you. Yep. So sometimes I have problems with words. That usually gets edited. So. uh,
2: I I just think this character sheet went more. um, We're probably going to use this word a lot more streamlined Mm. um, because it felt like the, you know, the one that came out for the (laughs) the normal play, which I I don't like because I end up just using Hero Lab now. Um, But I, I think that they went more for like the here's the graphics and here's how it, you know, just more of the look rather than the function. And yeah. I feel like they needed to kind of balance that out a little bit more because I like this one where it's like, okay, I have a heart for my hit points. I have the shield for my, you know, AC. I have the magnifying glass for my perception. I don't need all the others.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know? I'm one of those people that I know people used to jokingly say that like the 3.0, 3.5 Pathfinder character sheets look like they were printed off Excel sheets. And I never minded that I like because Excel. I I love yeah. the efficiency of <laughs> mm-hmm. I love Excel, but I love the efficiency of how that works. So
2: I mean, making well, it the, look the, nice. I, I'm not good at the yeah. making it look cute part. Um, I've always been bad at that, but making it function is important.
1: Well, no. and the, the use of color here is very tactical yes. because the things that are that are highlighted in like this orange border are the things you're going to be looking at the most right your hit points your speed perception your saves ac and then your attack bonuses for your you know melee and ranged weapons so yeah. it's i like that it's the use of color is very minimal but where it is is very like like it's where you wanna you want to be drawing the eye to those positions. <laughs> it's everywhere. Anyway. You want to be. So it's, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really good use of color.
2: Yeah. I, I bet you give it I don't know, and they may already have it out now. But I bet you somebody out there has <laughs> already turned this in to a sheet without the sidebar, and well, I just need to so track it down. It would down need, to on need the some internet.
1: use because they only go up to expert in terms of your proficiencies. So um, if you look on the sheet, there's nowhere for you to put uh, master yeah. or legendary, legendary. So they'd have to add that on. But yeah. I think that's a small
0: thing to be able to add on. Yeah, I I recall. Um, I think he made it day of. I think he made it during Gen Con that uh, Param with No Direction made a character sheet that kind of resembles this. I think it was during Gen Con when Second Edition dropped.
2: I think his was. Um, landscape. This is landscape. And, and I don't I'm, do I'm a landscape. Portrait, I'm a portrait I'm, person myself. I'm a portrait myself, fan. I, yeah. Well, and somebody, you know, commented in the, the, the chat. Um, yes, I use a three ring binder with um, sheet protectors and vis a vis markers because <laughs> I was a teacher. Because we're not a Because I'm not a heathen <laughs> either. I don't like erasing holes through my papers. I was going to um,
1: say, I legitimately <laughs> have like, you know, a, uh, the wet erase markers and then like oh, a yeah. little uh, thing that my, I wet down to I, erase I've even everything. Got,
2: you can probably see up here. These little notebooks right here are my retired character sheets. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Binders of them. Binders <laughs> yes, of characters. I,
2: I, I am a binder freak. I, you haven't been able to tell from my bookshelf. <laughs>
0: <It's> that <laughs> teacher. So uh, that whole teacher <laughs> yeah. thing. So. Maybe a little. I suppose moving on from here. I don't think there's much more we could say about the character sheet nah. other than the fact that we liked it.
2: I did like it a lot. Yeah.
0: I- yeah. A surprising amount.
2: If, if they can just, you know, get rid of the, you know, hand holding bits and just yeah. make it a nice sheet, I'd probably use it over the other one.
0: So uh, I figure the next thing on the list is they did put out these uh, player reference cards. And they're they're double-sided, so they've got the a player's reference card on one side that talks about like checks and how you get critical successes and critical failures and all the mm-hmm. rest of that. And then on the uh, and like some standard actions that you can do, like yep, you know dropping prone and jumping and seeking and stepping and striking. And then on the back side, it included a list of conditions. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, mm-hmm.
0: And it's not a complete list of conditions. However, it is probably a list of the conditions that you're going to run to, into the most
2: exactly.
1: Well, so I think it's the ones that, that you could run into in both the adventure and the things that are in the like their bestiary portion. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm imagining that list is.
0: Yeah. Well, and again, it's covering the the major ones. I mean, the only thing I see on here that I wouldn't I would think is probably missing because I run into it so much in first edition and I haven't had enough experience to see if it's prolific in second edition or not is the blindness condition. But again, I don't think that there's anything in the best theory that could cause that condition, so it wouldn't be necessary for the purpose of running, the, yeah, introduction or running this yeah, introductory adventure. Uh,
1: no, no spoilers. There is a basilisk as one of the uh, one of the things you can fight if you, unlike um, you're continuing the adventure thing. I'm guessing the blindness is because that's the best way to counteract the um, yeah,
0: trying gaze. Yeah. Well, no blindness isn't in the conditions list on this. Yeah, that's the one that I think that's that's the one that I think is missing.
1: Ah, oh, okay. Weird. Okay. Hmm.
2: I do. Uh, I I do feel like it'd be really cool if they'd have uh, given you more ways to print it, though. Because again, teacher brain. Because uh, I'm like, this would have been really cool if you couldn't print it like uh, uh, front and back. You could print it one on top of the other and turn it into a little tint. Oh yeah. I'm like that would have oh, been really cool because yeah. then you could just flip it around. I mean, I'm sure it's it'd be easy enough to figure out, but uh, yeah.
0: Well, and I think. I just- One (laughs) one of the things on this sheet that I found was interesting is it does include uh, three markers for your three actions and a reaction marker. So it's Mm -hmm. got like four little circles with the symbols on them. And the pawn set came with punch outs that are the uh, action symbols. So that if you just
1: put them on top.
0: Yeah. Or take them away. And then at the beginning of each of your turn, put them all back or something like that. So that Mm -hmm. you have a visual representation of whether or not you have those available. So I think that, especially for someone that's a little bit more tactile, I think that that's a really good way of showing them exactly, you know, this is what, you know, these are your actions. These are the ones you can use. If you laminated one of these cards, you could easily, uh, just give them a dry erase marker and just have them draw a mark through it and then erase it at the end of their turn or it something like that. Mm-hmm. And,
2: um, I'm going to say, uh, not that I'm promoting Amazon whatsoever. Cause you know, they're they don't kind pay of us. avidarian, um, <laughs> but they do have some pretty, they have some pretty uh, uh, cheap laminators that I've actually been thinking about picking up. And so it might not be a half you bad would. idea. Of course I would. Um, do you know how helpful laminating things is? <laughs> Oh my gosh! No,
1: because I'm a I'm a digital nomad that doesn't do paper. Because like did, I'm like you, a you gotta you know, have a healthy man.
2: balance, Jordan. Healthy balance. Of my handwriting
1: is so poor. I
2: feel like completely your handwriting is in quarantine. like <laughs> trying to read ancient Sumerian it's or ancient something. <laughs> oh <my> God, no! <laughs> At least that I've got some pictographs to guess off of.
0: Oh yeah, I, I can't draw. <laughs> it's either, a so. manifest,
2: so nobody would be able to tell with your handwriting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So before we descend any further down that rabbit hole, <laughs> <laughs> before we get the chat asking to see examples of Jordan's handwriting, no. uh, I yeah, I really <laughs> liked the player reference card and I really liked the condition card. And yes, I can go to find-path.com and look at Jordan's character sheets and see his handwriting. Yep, It's
1: real bad.
2: Yeah. What, what was it that I tried to read off of your sheet one time? And it
1: was, oh, there was some, yeah, there's some episode where I wasn't was, there um, yeah, and you guys I were looking years. at some of my character sheet and apparently you had like a whole conversation about how atrocious my writing I don't even remember <laughs> what it
2: was, but it was Because you couldn't it read funny. it at all. Couldn't read it. I'm sure, I'm sure if a fan is on here, incense, that's it, incense.
1: Oh, hey, somebody already knew. Look at that, go chat. <laughs> oh yeah, this fancy increase, I remember
3: that.
2: <laughs> yeah, the fancy increase <laughs> and it was incense. I was like, what is this? and I'm a teacher too I read bad or I used to read all sorry former teacher used to read bad handwriting all the time and man Jordan here takes the cake
1: regardless though in a weird way
2: (laughs) anyway let's move
0: on so player reference card good condition card also good yes yes agreed so uh, from there and we just touch on this a little bit the um There's the pawn set and the the pawns in this, the artwork in this is beautiful, Um, Indeed. which I know is a little bit redundant. It's probably make a drinking (laughs) game of every time we say the artwork is beautiful in a Paizo product, but the artwork is I
1: I was going to say, (laughs) I don't know if we'd be surviving any of our reviews.
0: (laughs) Um, I did like that. It had the little punch outs. Yep for the uh, for the symbols, like the action symbols. My only thing, and I can understand why they didn't go this route, is I wish they were dual-sided. I wish, yeah. like, one side was green, yeah. the other side was red, and then you could, like, flip them over when you use them, or something like that. But, yeah, nothing for that. Uh, my- are they
2: actually, like, the thick cardboard yeah. punch-outs? So. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, the same as the pawns. Because okay. yeah. I was going to say, if they're, if they're not, if they're just, like, a PDF or, or a paper or something like that, you could always just print it on uh, cardstock.
0: Yeah, you could do that, too. Um, Other than that, it has like all the monsters that you would need to run through the adventure that's in here, which is a wide variety of them, uh, as well as a whole bunch of those classic fantasy staples, which, of course, you're going to run into whenever you're running this adventure. You have Mm. your wolves and your spiders and your rats and your skeletons.
1: Snakes. Oh, my.
0: Yep. (laughs) They even squeeze a drow in there.
1: Yeah, there's- I was going to say, there's there some actual like really interesting choices of what to put in there. Yeah. They made the owlbear appear, and that made me really happy. Yeah.
2: yeah mimics. Oh, gosh, there's an ooze.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's oozes. It <laughs> well, hits gotta, most of the, major, the like, major things, because you've got outsiders, you've got undead, you've got aberrations with oozes, you know,
3: like... There's, there's it, it a good most of the majors. Yeah. 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 They're,
0: they're and I I think their inclusion is... Uh, the, If I recall correctly, the original pawn set was the first edition beginner's box that they had never made pawns before they made the first edition beginner's box. and they didn't want to print off a ton of uh, actual like, I say print off. this was back in the day when they used molded and didn't three print everything, but an actual miniatures and send them out to people because that's what you got back in the 3.5 mm. D D days is you mm. get a box and they'd have a variety of different miniatures and you couldn't really fit that many minis in a standard box uh and so having the pawn sets was revolutionary like people were buying the original beginner's box for first edition just to get the pawns so it's kind of it's come a long way since then and i think especially uh, for, i can't
1: imagine playing in person without pawns yeah. honestly yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i haven't been able to use my pawns in so long but yeah they are a staple of pathfinder to the point that eventually every other tabletop game kind of you know, took the idea and ran with it.
2: Yeah. And you had a really cool way of organizing them too. You had, you have the three ring binders with the, the card slots. Yeah. That you use Yep
0: the, the, the nine slot ones, which are for, you know, baseball cards and all the rest of those, they, those fit large size creatures and they sell uh specialty ones um, that are five. They're 15 total slots, but they're smaller and they fit perfectly for medium sized creature. Mm-hmm. I should do a thing or on small. that sometime. Yeah. Or small. You can actually put like two or three small ones in one. Yep. But so I think the the pawns are good. Uh, it comes with a small number of bases. I think only one large base. But considering if if I you've think been the only playing, large thing
1: is the owlbear though. So yeah. I, I don't think
0: I, don't there, I think there's okay. an ogre in there too. Yeah, I think oh, oh, I yeah, think there's there was. Was an ogre too. Yeah. Um. But I think if you've been playing. Pathfinder 1st Edition for any amount of time and you're a game master and you've ever bought if you buy one best series set, you're pretty much set on pawn bases for all time. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now that I've got six, I've just got a giant bag full of pawn bases (laughs) that I never use. (laughs) uh, Yeah,
2: I was going to say Jordan at uh, PaizoCon, I don't even remember when, uh, but you Uh, bought the red and green ones. Yeah, yeah, it was a couple years ago for sure. Uh, Which was really great except for our friend Ross is
1: colorblind.
2: And so really say, except him. for Ross. Yeah, so we added you guys added the the letters so yeah, R so and on G. on the bottom it's of bottom, all of them so. if it
1: doesn't have anything, it's black. I put an R and a G for
0: red and green so yeah. he yep. can still use them. Yep. I like that you say our friend. Fellow path. Yeah, or fellow, fellow, fellow the member path of crew crew the crew. Oh, he's our
2: friend too. <laughs> he's also our friend. <laughs> he's sorry, he also our friend. He's our friend first.
0: He's our friend first, <laughs> that's true. Um, <laughs> I want to mention one thing I can mention it elsewhere, but I'll go ahead and mention it here on the pawn set. And uh, I don't think that there's a way that we could easily show this to the audience, but Oh, well, the pug Wompy is stupid. Adorable.
1: I love It's my favorite art. Hands down. Like, is- sorry. There's great art in this, but like the pug Wompy is a derpy dog person. <laughs> it's amazing. He's got the blepping tongue out the side. It's everything I want. Everything. <laughs> Yeah, I want to adopt that pugwampy. I'll
2: deal with the bad luck. I, I have a love hate relationship with pugwampies because I know man. I'm like
1: traumatized, but also <laughs>
2: it's so cute. They kicked my butt <laughs> yeah. in in our first adventure path. Oh man, did they kick my butt? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, it looks like if a rat terrier somehow had a child with Ed from <laughs> The Lion King.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh! That's, yeah, that's it's just like true. <laughs>
0: uh, yes. <laughs> anyway. So just wanted to mention that as my favorite piece of art in this entire thing. I, I heartily agree with you. Uh, and the last thing really to mention before we get into the uh, the booklets would be the flip map. And it's a dungeon.
2: Yeah, yep. I I actually really <laughs> like the look of it because sometimes it's, especially if you haven't played, you know, very much, it, it's really hard to envision everything. Sorry, I've got a, a coned cat coming in the vision here. Um, uh but I think it was, it's it's really good to kind of help picture what's going on and, you know, where you're going exactly. I think it'd be really cool if you just got like some black paper and covered up areas and then you could slowly yeah. reveal and stuff like that. Yeah, that, I think that it's was really the cool.
1: one thing I did feel was missing with the flip mat. It does say in the guide for the GM, it's like, it's okay if they can see everything because they're not going to know what's in every room. But yeah. there's something kind of fun about getting to do those reveals where you the like slow out the reveal. paper and and yeah. show them where they're at because like. It I don't know. It's just I'm used to doing that. And so like it just seems kind of weird that you can just plop down the map and like everybody knows what it is. Because the setup of the adventure doesn't assume you know where everything is.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I will say in this, uh, this is a visual thing. So the audience won't get this quite as much, but I'll probably get a laugh out of you guys. If you're looking at the second page of the flip mat, the second map, uh, the upper left hand corner kind of looks like a skull with a little bit of a a head tilt and like a necklace just it's on a that derpy design. It's yeah. just like yeah, it's a little bit of a dirty <laughs> skull, yeah. No, for sure. So, yeah, it just kind of amused me. I, I don't know if that was remotely intentional, but the, uh, the skull cave bet. is pretty I great. highly doubt it was intentional, but it probably, <laughs> I probably bet it was somebody put it
1: in there and is going to get a chuckle now cuz yep. we mentioned
0: yep. it. Today. There you go. I'm glad to have maybe made that person's day. <laughs> um yeah, I think uh, I think we beat around the bush, so yeah. Uh, we've covered everything except for the uh, the big books, the big books, the big two oh, man. books. And the, they're uh, big books. Here. I was amazed yes, at how I thick they were. I was kind of surprised. Yeah, every su-
1: one of the, both of them for the GM and for the player over seventy pages. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, the uh, I suppose let's start with the Hero's Handbook. Sounds good. So the Hero's Handbook contains most of the basic information needed to play the game. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll hit on a couple of things that I really liked, and then uh, you guys could either hit off with whatever you liked or you know, follow that up. So I was immediately surprised, and I would say pleasantly surprised, that the Heroes Handbook opens up with a solo adventure that is a choose your own adventure style. Pathfinder game yeah, for you to that play by yourself. You don't need yourself. to
1: build a character for.
0: Yeah, was yeah. Was the most I,
1: crazy part of that. <laughs> I was. It was a bold choice, and I love it. Yeah,
2: I thought it was really cool because I. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I totally was skimming, and I didn't realize it was a solo adventure when I was first reading it. I was like, "Hey, this is really neat." I was like, "How how does this work?" <laughs> and I was just going through, and I was about halfway through, and I was like, "I missed something," and so I had to go back through. Um, and having written choose your own adventures. Holy crap! That's 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 a lot of work put into that. So bravo! (laughs)
0: Yeah,
2: Uh, they're 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 difficult to write and keep it all straight.
0: (laughs) No, it it impressed me. I found that to be a whole lot of fun. I really, I really enjoyed that, and I kind of hope that they do a little bit, uh, do a few more of those.
2: I think it'd be great for. honestly for for middle schoolers because i taught middle schools and getting kind of younger kids into this i think yeah. would be really good because you know sometimes kids aren't comfortable um doing it in a in a you know big group, group setting. setting so you could kind yeah. of introduce them in like hey here's there's this small little thing get them in with the adventure get them in with the story and then eventually you know you can hey well you know what what kind <laughs> of character would you put in this setting and stuff like that stuff like that i think it would be great um yeah. I, I just really loved it.
1: I did like that there, it did dovetail into character creation as well. Yeah. yeah. So like it's it's a really good example of like kind of the tutorial, you know, mm-hmm. where like yeah. it shows you the a bit of the game mechanics and then dumps you into character creation like a lot of video games do. So I thought that was a really nice
0: <laughs> kind of touch to it. Yeah. It's kind of a little intro thing to tease it before dropping you into the character customization screen where you can spend a few hours. So uh speaking of creating your own hero, that is the section that followed this
3: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: and, and it's a it's a pretty beefy section at like 36 pages of yeah. content to get you all uh kitted out.
2: I, I am just going to reiterate. I know I've said this probably a hundred times in our after parties during our games, whatever. <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed the revamping of the character creation process mm-hmm. because I'm not going to lie. If I still have to make a, a, a Pathfinder 1E character, I still go to Rick and I go, this is my concept. How do I make this happen? Because there's just so... So much, and I know that he's an encyclopedia, so he'll be able to find everything quicker for me than if I try to dive through. Y'all can see the books behind him, right? Like, yeah, yeah, all that's in his brain. <laughs> and so, Not um, all of it, quite a bit. <laughs> um, so that's why I really like the. 2E process because it is much easier for me to get into it because I do consider myself to be a creative person, but I, I do get overwhelmed. Anxiety. um and So I like that. It's like step one, create a concept. I'm like, cool, I'm there. Step two, build your ability modifiers. Like it's just, I love it. I, yeah, I, and this I really is, this is it.
1: organized in a really clear, straightforward way where you progress through the through the pages. It's yeah. not like the, the one criticism that I do kind of have of the core rulebook is you're flipping back and forth between a bunch of different things to try to mm-hmm. reference like what are you supposed to be doing with all the different pages you're pulling stuff from. Yeah. Yeah. This is very much like start with your ancestry, go into your background, pick yeah. your class. Pick equipment and here's some finishing touches. You're done like yep. in that order. So like you don't have to even go to like look for spells in a separate spell section because all the spells for that class are actually put right with there, the class. Yeah. So it's yeah. very quick and easy. And it even gives you like what what is second and third level get you, which yeah. I thought was really nice because it makes leveling up really easy. If you do want to continue your adventures. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: And um, I also like that it it's a it's a criticism that second edition has received. And uh, it's one that I don't necessarily agree with where one of the issues a lot of people had going from first edition to second edition for Pathfinder is that there are so many options in first edition because it's a game that's been out for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think it was um, Eric Mona that made the joke about it. it's like, well, yeah, you know, you can't make a sure you can't make your Wailing Blood, Blood Rager right now, uh, but eventually maybe you'll be able to make something similar to it and the problem is is especially starting out and i've held to this belief for a long time is limitations are good because people get paralyzed by too much choice and then yeah. they feel like they're making a wrong choice <laughs> they feel like there's always that thought process and this is even this even affects me where I'll look at something and go, that's a feat and I like that feat, but is that the right feat for this level? Is that the right feat out of the 200 feats that I could choose at (laughs) this Mm -hmm. level? And so, the character creation in here limits you to the big three as far as the ancestries are concerned, human, dwarf, elf. Um, I'm not surprised by the human and the elf part of it, especially because the iconics that are provided in this book include – an elf in the form of Brissile and three humans. The dwarf a little bit surprised me, but it is the iconic. If you're looking at the three, you know, you've got your Legolas, you've got your Gimli, you've got your Aragorn, you've got your big three. Yep. So I'm not really surprised that they went that direction. And just saying, Hey, pick between these three is a little bit easier than telling someone to pick between the seven Uh, or let alone, you know, once you're getting into now, there are lizard people and cat folk, and so on and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. The backgrounds, I believe, it included seven background options, which are a variety of different good background choices for you, um, including you know standard
2: yeah, so criminals and
0: farmers and Acolyte, things
2: like that. Acolyte, criminal, deckhand, farmhand, scholar, or warrior.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. So and it fits well with the classes as well. So there's not yeah. really a bad choice on those.
0: Yeah, which I like. And then, you know, you get from there and you go into your class selection and you get to choose from the big four. So cleric fighter, rogue wizard. And so it's all information that would be useful already with the iconics that are provided. Mm-hmm. But it's also giving you, these are the pillars. These yeah. are the three ancestries that are kind of the pillars for they're the most populous ancestries. Not necessarily the most populous considering goblins, but they're <laughs> they're kind of the iconic goblins ancestries. They're like rabbits. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Leave Malone alone for a little bit. Come back. And there's five more goblins. Um, <laughs> Make
2: it, Ted. This Make one's it, Ted. bouncy. Uh, that one has a squealing Nord. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I, I think that their selection, their options here made a lot of sense. And I like, and I might be jumping a little bit ahead on my notes here. The book, everything in this beginner's box uses the rules from the second edition core rulebook. With no adjustments, yeah, you know they're Which not is, giving I you think, all the feats, but it's not the in first edition you started out and they said okay, well here's here's rules that are akin to the rules that you'll eventually be using, but we're not going to give you the grappling rules. That's too complicated. Here's a dumbed yeah. down version. Now you have to relearn the game once you actually decide that you're going to start playing the yeah. game. And, and this I think is it's a just- really
1: good comment on second editions you know, organization and how they, they have put the rules together, that it is simple enough that, yeah. yes, there are additional things that are put on with feats yeah. and, and all of that. But if you actually remove just like some basic stuff, you can still play the game with the full rule set. It's that, yeah. you know, it's it's that simple. What you're adding on is really the complexity of new rules and new uh, abilities because of feats and because of spells and things like that. Yep. Yeah.
0: And I think it's something that Paizo has learned from because I think that that was a, a valid criticism for the first edition box set that you had to teach people to walk all over again, or you had to break yeah. people of assumptions where you know I've been playing this game for so long that I still sometimes my brain just goes this is the way that this worked in three point five yeah and I just mm-hmm. make an assumption
2: yeah you and Heather you and yeah. Heather both do that
0: yeah and and so having being able to break that cycle and just go, you're starting out, you're playing the game and you aren't playing a dumbed down version of the game or simplified version of the game or anything like that. And it's like, no, you're playing the game. It might be the game without as many options to choose from, but it's, you're, you kind of showing up at the drink machine and going, you know, Coke, Dr. Pepper and Sprite are fine. I don't need, you know, to be able to be a mixologist with 42 different flavors of drink. For those of you who like your cherry coke, that's fine.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> I'm gonna say to, cherry have, coke you, is kobold. You can you but I'm just gonna say you can't just buy a cherry coke. You have to go get a regular <laughs> cherry coke and then add the cherry Just saying.
0: Yeah. So um <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know if you guys have any uh any other views about the, the character creation rules, the way they handled that.
2: I uh, think no, they it, oh go ahead.
1: Uh, I I thought, no, I thought it was overall good. I was actually kind of surprised with how much equipment you actually got and you actually (laughs) get a fair selection of stuff. Like it's, it's not just like, here's some rope, here's a dagger. It's like some actual stuff that I was like, wait, they put that in this game, like in this, it was actually (laughs) pretty surprising.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the, um, I'll go on a minor tangent here. And considering that I introduced both of you to the game, you can give me your own feedback from the uh, the other side of the table here. I know a lot of people are under the impression that when you start someone out, you should hand them a pregen and have them go. And I have never believed that. And in large part, that's because I, I sat down with Rachel and Jess and Jordan in my tiny 600 square foot apartment in my tiny, tiny living room around a little coffee table. <laughs> And yeah. I made uh, I distinctly remember it, I made pizza rolls and we sat there and made did, characters.
2: No, you made for pizza four rolls hours, for you. Yeah, we, we all made characters. ordered pizza.
0: That's fair. <laughs> and it took it it took forever because it's just like I, four
2: or six hours. Yeah, yeah.
0: I gave and but the thing is is that you then made a character that is yours. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's commonly overlooked when people are introducing someone to the game is they're introducing the idea of, you know, okay, this is the game and these are the mechanics and all the rest of that. And the fact of the matter is, is that your favorite story, be it, you know, the Lord of the Rings or the Dritz series, or I don't know, My Hero Academia, your favorite story would not be the same without the central characters. And so it's the character is way more important and being able to make your avatar. That's why you play a game and you have something like Skyrim or Cyberpunk yeah. where you can spend five hours on the character creation screen just to make sure that their cheekbones are just sharp enough uh, so that when you're playing the game and you see yourself in a mirror or something like that, or you pull up your inventory screen, it's the character that you want. And it's the same thing here where being able to select your class and all the rest of that, being able to make the character character. An avatar for you to explore the world is so important. So I like that they spent that much time on providing people a way to delve into the character creation.
2: I will say that I I definitely agree with that. Being a creative person myself, I do a lot of my own writing. However, I kind of see pregens as writing fan fiction where it's like you're not quite comfortable to dive in with both feet. So you're like, I'm going to take this character that's already here and I'm going to do something awesome with this character. And then after a while, you start realizing that, okay, I'm writing original stories, but with somebody else's character, yeah. I should just make my own character. So I don't mm-hmm. want to discourage people from using pregens yeah. if that is better for you. Because I- I'm going to come flat out and say it, I wrote a lot of fan fiction. And it is still out there, one somewhere, and <clears throat> it's not good. But it was creative. <laughs> it was creative, and it, it did pave the way for a lot of the stories that that I write now. Because I mean, one of these days, I will finish one of my my books, and um, I that's kind of how I equate it. Where the pregens are like your fan fiction, and then your um, your character that you create. That's when you finally kind of like you take off the training wheels and you you dive in and and you and you do it, and it's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I always look at pregens, at, especially in this kind of scenario where it's like you're just starting out as I'm not even sure if I want to play this game. So I don't want to put a lot of time into it to see if I like it. Absolutely. And like gens are good for that because you can sit down and start playing immediately versus, you know, the I know I want to play this game. I want to create this character and I want to go through this process because I know it will pay off. Like I already, mm-hmm. I've already kind of mentally made that connection that there will be a great payoff for me doing the work and, and building the character. So that's kind of my way of looking at it. So it's, it's not that pregens are bad. It's pregens have their place. It just depends mm-hmm. on where the person's mind is at. Yeah. yeah.
2: There's no right or wrong way to play Pathfinder as sure. long as you, you're not a jerk. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I have a cone head.
1: Yeah. Rule number one: Don't be a jerk. Yeah. Yep. Rule
2: number one: Don't be a jerk. <laughs> rule number two: Have fun. That's
1: <laughs> Yeah, in that order.
2: Pretty much. Yeah. If
1: so you have so, fun being a jerk, go away.
2: Yeah.
0: So yeah, the uh, other than that, yeah, the book does cover the basics of the the rules for the game, and I think it does. I feel like it almost does so in a more succinct way than the core rule book did. Uh, It also touches on skills and kind of covers skills and all the rest of that. A lot of that's introduced following this, but it, again, it doesn't provide you a dumbed down version. It just provides you a limited view of the total rule set.
1: Yeah. And I I liked that it gave you the actions that you can do with Mm -hmm. the general skills. So like being able to like, for instance, you know, identify magic, like what does that take or recall knowledge? It gives you it very much like it's in the core rule book, but just kind of, it puts it in there and they have a nice little chart of the skills and skills actions based on like, okay, what can I do with athletics? And it has like climb, grapple, high jump, long jump, shoves, swim and trip. And I like that they did it like that with the actions so that you can like say, okay, here, like this one page I could just have next to me and go, okay, I have two actions. What can I do in those two actions? Um, Which I thought was really interesting um, because it, also gives you like what what's the untrained versus trained action. So mm-hmm. if you're trained in it, you can then say, okay, I can do all these additional things that are really cool.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. And I suppose to sum it up also at the end, they do have two pages, which I rather liked, which were the, uh, the last two pages of this, which were the uh, getting knocked out, which just kind of summed up the death and dying rules in a rather succinct way that I feel is kind of useful. Uh, including covering like the unconscious condition and waking up and your recovery checks and all the rest of that. Um, I felt like it was explained in a much more straightforward way than it was in the core rule book.
1: Yeah. You know, actually I think you're right because this is what a little over, maybe a half a page of, of text that goes through the entire thing. Um, yeah I mean, I think you're right. I think it is a little bit more because it also goes into like you know the wounded condition and how that plays into your your dying condition and all of that. Um, and keep in mind that half page also has the notable traits of like attack non-lethal and secrets for roles. Mm. So if you take like that section away, <laughs> it's actually even shorter.
0: yeah. and then the uh, the follow-up page after that is a quick the quick rules reference. So, it does talk about a whole bunch of things like the strike roll, saving throws, yeah. so on and so forth. Uh, um, very useful.
2: My only complaint about these two pages is I hate the weird ombre effect that they have going on in the corner because yeah. you can't read. Or, I mean, you can read it, but it makes it very difficult to read the text where this weird blue ombre section is. Yeah. It looks cool, but it, it, I, I honestly skipped over that section because I was like, "This hurts my brain."
0: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kind of agreeing on that. Where it was, it was a little bit difficult to read, and I think that that was uh, one of the few occasions where Paiso kind of dropped the ball with their yeah. um, their graphics in this. It looks really neat, and maybe if it was three shades lighter, it would be better. But yeah, it's, it's a dark yeah. enough blue that the black text gets a little bit lost in it
2: and the so, well in the green text like you almost can't see yeah. it at and all and i'm also
0: not entirely positive how printer friendly it would be
2: yeah um, well i i doubt people are printing this in color
0: well no i'm saying even printing in black and white i don't know how oh, that's in a grayscale yeah, how gray that'd be to read uh, yeah that's a good point so anyway um, still actually i really like that those segments so yeah, if nothing I did too. else then i guess Bear, grin, and bear. <laughs> grin and bear grin and bear grin and bear so um, yes yeah, so, shall we dive into the uh, the game master's guide which no, I kept I keep it. wanting to call the game mastery guide but it's game yeah I, I said guide. the same thing like five <laughs> times earlier today
2: this was my first foray into looking at anything behind the screen related it was kind of fun oh yeah I'm not that's gonna right lie. you've never I'm GM never before. gonna GM I have no desire to do so uh, but uh, this was fun <laughs>
0: yeah an idea of, you know, what you're, what you're looking at all the time all the all the time when you guys are like, oh I want to ask about this random thing. I'm like, I have to flip between these four different pages um, or particularly when you're in a, I'm sure there are some game masters that can understand this and this is something I've had to deal with somewhat recently when the party's in a dungeon and it's like, you know, room five is to the left. It's like, oh, there's a door over here. What's through that door? Oh, that's room 20. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yep.
0: Like, okay, well, and then they decide to go right. And I'm like, God, I've got to flip 10 pages ahead.
2: <laughs> well, it seems like uh, they labeled – well, they made a map that was pretty straightforward, probably yeah. for that exact reason. Yeah, the,
1: yeah the, it's a very <laughs> linear map. There are only two, um, like, what I would call optional rooms just based yeah. on how the layout is. Yeah. So, it's it's very much – and the, the way that it's designed is – the, the adventure itself introduces mechanics in every room. So it gives you yeah. the ability to start practically with nothing and walk through and go, okay, here's, you know, here's room one, room one, basic combat. Here's room two, room two adds, I don't know, status effects or something like that. You know, it's, yeah. it's very well organized to build upon itself, which I it's, thought was a really good, it's like a tutorial. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. much tutorial based. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah so, uh, So jumping in, as we were just kind of stating there, this, this book starts with an adventure and it's like page uh, two. Yeah. The menace, (laughs) the menace under Atari. And I'll, I'll go over what I like and I'll go over what I don't like. And you guys can give me um, your thoughts on those and your own feedback on what you liked and didn't like, you know, you kind of already started delving into it a little bit there. It is a linear dungeon crawl. Um, what I like about it is uh, the first encounters with rats, and there's just a part of me that's the classic, you know, fantasy adventure thing, where the first thing you fight is rats. So I kind of like it. It's just classic. It's a little bit of a nod back. Um, it involves a lot of kobolds, and uh, mm-hmm. I feel like kobolds are kind of the replacement for goblins now that goblins yeah, are kind of, kind of a, of a PC. I feel yeah, like. so they're kind of the this is the standard small size kind of comedic um, evil enemy that you have to fight. So my complaint is the adventure is a dungeon crawl with a small bit of a mystery to it, but that's more or less just the hook. And I understand why they went this way, but I wish that there was more to show what Pathfinder is outside of the combat, the room-to-room exploration. Mm-hmm. They provide a lot of information about the town Um Jordan was mentioning that earlier in this, that they have a whole section about the town of Otari. I think they have like 10 pages or something.
3: Mm-hmm. But
0: and it's not the
1: misadventure.
0: Yeah, they they leave it open for the party to go back to the town and, you know, meet people there and do all that stuff. But there's no events that are tied between like this dungeon and the town to really, you know, okay, you find something here and then you take it back to the shopkeeper. You know, my mind immediately goes to the very first Diablo. Where you just show up in the town and there's a dungeon under the town and you're like, okay, I've got to go down there. And it's like, I'm missing my smithing hammer. Okay, well, we've got to go down there and find a smithing hammer. Okay, we bring it back. It's like, oh yeah, my son's disappeared. Um, <laughs> there weren't really a lot of opportunities to facilitate role play. And there weren't really a lot of opportunities to explore everything else that Pathfinder Ventures are so good at. Um, you know, I would have loved it if there was a little bit more focus on the mystery side of things. If instead of it's just the, hey, there's a dungeon, it's right over there. If it was, you know, I think uh, I think you find out that there's like fish that have gone missing, that someone's stealing fish from the town or something. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, yeah. well,
1: the, that's the setup is that that's fish are being setup, eaten yeah. out of the bottom of the fishery, like out of the yeah. storage area. So that's what sends you in the dungeon in the first place. Yeah,
0: but if they had done an investigation thing to start with, and I know some of mm-hmm. it's like, get people into the action, get them into combat as yeah. soon as possible. I just wish that the adventure had done enough to kind of showcase what you could do outside of just bouncing dice and stabbing kobolds. I do like that. There's a puzzle. I think there's two actually. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, I will say the one thing that I noticed immediately upon reading this is it is actually really good at guiding the game master. So for Mm -hmm. the first time game master, that may have been like, if you've ever looked at a module, it is, it is scaffolded, but there is like it's kind of disconnected pieces that you're supposed to kind of weave together to make the story. This is very much like the the intro to reading this. Like it's usually just like a little paragraph that they give you that just describes the room you're going into. This is like a full narration of how you go down these stairs and it's creaking and, you know, then goes in media res kind of, you know, goes back and says a few hours ago. This was what was happening and all of this to kind of set the scene. Yeah. And then immediately says Go around the table and ask each player the first thing they want their hero to do in this room. Like it gives you that kind of guidance so that even you who are maybe not a confident GM yet know what you should be doing as you kind of go through this. So I thought that was really well done um, in that they're not assuming that you know this game uh, as a GM.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. Well, it, probably because uh, I spend so much time with you and I live with you and uh, I was taught by you um, when it comes to this game, but that was actually my first thought process um, when I was reading through this, because again, I am not a GM. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, it says, you know, after the introductions, put them on the stairs leading down to the basement. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Um, where? Where's the role play? Where's the introduction other than, hey, here's my character. Like, where's the intrigue? Where's the... I like there. There was that paragraph set paragraph setup, like uh, Jordan said, but I felt like there could have been a little bit more to build it up to to encourage the more role play side of it. Um, I think it would have been nice if they'd had like an option section here, like if you have players that are uh, more role play centric, um, and then um, maybe have one that is more, you know. I, and I say this with the most love possible, with the Murder <laughs> Hobo <laughs> track, you know, because there are different kind of players. I'm not going to bash on players who are more the action focused, because there there's all kinds, and you play how you play, okay?
3: Yeah.
2: Um. But that is probably the one thing is that I I felt like I was kind of missing out on the role play part a little bit. Um. However, I am going to piggyback on what Jordan said. I did like the way this kind of guides, uh, GMs. Like if I were ever to jump into it, which I don't want to. Um. I did like how it said, you know, um, you know, give them hints or ideas by saying, do you want to open the door or who wants to look for hidden treasure? I'm like, honestly, I would be so nervous as a GM. I'd be like, what do you want to do? You, do? <laughs> you know, um, so I like that, they're, <laughs> that they they kind of give those little, you know, who ask them boss? this. So it's like, not only are, are they kind of helping, <laughs> you're helping your players, but it's also kind of helping you as the GM, too. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really liked that, that it kind of had that, but I do wish there were like, they have the elements of role play that you can put in there, but I do feel like they could have, you know, just stuck a few, you know, Hey, this would be a good opportunity for your players to talk about blank, you know? And I think that would be kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so just to have a counterpoint, um, I totally agree with this, but just to have a counterpoint, um, when (laughs) Jess and I were teaching the, uh, the kids, the role play was literally the hardest thing to get them to do. Yeah. yeah. I feel that's, like that's what a lot I mean, of... Is like yeah, like a lot it. of players do really well at the combat side of stuff because this is that's similar to a video game. You walk up, you hit the, sm- the smash button, you smash, you know? Um, and it's when you get into the the social conversation stuff, it's, it's a lot harder to get like, I have to figure out what my character would say, not what I would say. Like, it's a whole yeah. different thing. And so I think that this is probably kind of one of those things where it's kind of trying to appeal to that lowest common denominator of players who are, again, still trying to feel it out and not yet good role players. So it's it's also probably trying to keep it going. Like, I'm, I don't know how yeah. long this is supposed to run, but I feel like the role play could bog it down, potentially. I think
0: according to the back of the box, 60 minutes. Well, 60 minutes to go through kidding. all this? No way. <laughs> I, I still go into,
2: you know, I... You you can take the teacher out of the school, but you can't take the school out of the teacher uh, because, you know, I look at like these scenarios and I'm like, okay, I would have my students, you know, create a background and then I would have them, you know, write a scene between two characters. Like I would use it to like teach characterization. I'd use it to teach conflict. I'd use it to do all this stuff because I like my nerd brain is just like, that's what I would do with it. And um, well, I did not so have any
1: teachers like you what? when I was in school. I might've like school better.
0: Yeah.
2: Hey, I'm not a teacher anymore. (laughs) What I think
0: they could have done, and I don't know if, if people would have necessarily liked this more or less. I think that they could have just kept the flip mat, had the flip mat be two sides and have it be two different dungeons. Have the party go through, do a full adventure and then come back and then realize that, you know, Oh well, they there's were selling the fish for this is... other thing, and then need to go elsewhere to go and deal with the second part of it. They could have divided it into two adventures and had two separate dungeons. Now, yeah, I think
1: that I, honestly, that's a, that's a good point because I didn't because th- when you said it was supposed to be an hour, I was like, "There's no way. There's too many rooms, too much combat." <laughs> um, but yeah, because like the other thing I is like you kind of have to build up that muscle to pay attention for that long, and again. Yeah. Middle school kids, I was doing good getting them to focus for about 15, 20 minutes and a go. So I couldn't imagine trying to play them through this whole thing.
2: Try doing it yeah. for eight hours.
0: I mean, but uh. to be fair, if they're <laughs> if they're gonna be eventually if the idea if the goal is to get them to start playing Pathfinder, even saying that the standard introduction for Pathfinder would be Pathfinder Society, then you're going to need to get to get people interested in the game that are already going to be willing to sit down for four hours true so you know i think most people need to go i think a lot of people go into this realizing that this is not something that you pick up and you play this isn't you know cards against humanity where you play a couple of rounds or whatever it is um this is a little bit more like playing a game of risk or monopoly uh hopefully not monopoly
1: quests the quests are designed to be done in an hour but it's very, very small, you know, one combat kind of stuff. And so, there are very few
0: quests. Um, yeah. You so, know, I being...
1: mean, you could you could have – they could have maybe gone something like that and then rolled into one of these larger adventures. But, I mean, that's yeah. more page space that would have taken up.
0: So, yeah. That being said, I will say that I really liked one thing that they did with this. And that is the fact that they, they created the adventure. They set the adventure in the town of Otari. Mm-hmm. Last week, actually, um, uh, the new module Pathfinder module came out, which is Troubles in Otari, which is designed to start up where the adventure in this book ended, and is a and is three new adventures that maybe they provide some various different types of role play opportunities, and all the rest of it. I haven't had a chance to look mm-hmm. at it. Um, it's three adventures written by uh, Jason Keeley, Liz Lidell and Ron Lindane.
2: Oh, there you go. Oh, those are gonna be um, good ones, yeah. which are gonna
0: be great because they are all phenomenal writers. Like, yeah, they are. And um, all of those adventures also play, take place in Otari, and they kind of assume um, how do they say designed for use with the rules in the Pathfinder Beginners Box and the perfect bridge to the exciting options in, of the full Pathfinder Core Rulebook. They take the care your heroes to fourth level and beyond as they venture further into the nearby wilderness and face fearsome foes, so on and so forth. And so um, it's kind of the stepping stone to go. Okay, you've tried out the Beginners Box now jump into a full-fledged adventure. And then uh, the upcoming uh, Abomination Vaults adventure path is a three-book adventure path that takes place in Atari. Nice. And so it's you've done the Beginner's Box, you've done these three adventures, jump into a full-fledged adventure path. My only beef there is, again, um, and this is a bit showing my own personal predilections towards things, it's a three di- a three book adventure path that is a super dungeon. Hmm. So, and it might be that people, you know, who have started out in the beginner's box and have played Troubles in Atari are already used to, I keep I keep wanting to say Atari, but Otari. Yes.
3: Uh, Troubles in Otari. Atari.
0: <laughs> my, my Atari. My Atari 64. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that maybe it's just that they would already be used to doing large dungeon adventures. But I do like that they planned this, so that it is—it's not just a one and done. Here's the beginner's box, and now go and you know, okay, well you managed to finish the adventure, you know, in the uh, the beginner's box. So why don't you go ahead and pick up, you know, Age of Ashes? Good luck. Uh, does Abomination
1: they, Vault start at first level? Like, it are, does. You, are they going to make new character? Okay, so they'd have to make new characters for it if they did play yeah,
0: all of that. Yeah, they would. So. That might be a bit of an issue for some people. That being said, um, I believe if they finish up Troubles at Atari, they'd probably be around fifth or sixth, seventh level, somewhere in that range. There are other modules that they could jump into. Um, what was it, the Slithering? I think the Slithering started at fifth. Yeah. I mean,
2: they're full fledged adventures by that yeah. point. They got to branch out.
0: Yeah, so they could branch out. <laughs> and then later on, when they decide, hey, maybe we do an adventure path, they go, well, what about returning back to Atari? Uh, and then it has even a nostalgic kick for them. Yeah. So mm. it's know. like
2: every time you go back to Sandpoint. Yeah.
0: There's <laughs> <Everyone loves laughs> always something wrong at Sandpoint. Sandpoint. <laughs> Sandpoint. Yeah.
2: There's always something wrong. It's like it's <laughs> really like move. Sunnydale. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um But yeah, I suppose uh we should probably move on from the adventure to talk about the rest of this uh the booklet, however. Which uh includes a lot. <laughs> a, lot. a lot.
2: I mean, it has the whole section where it's like walking you through the adventure. And then it finally gets to the game mastering section, which yeah. kinda it, again is kind of a how-to for for game masters, oh, yeah. which again, you guys probably just skimmed over this section because y'all don't really need it. But I actually had fun kind of looking over this and um you know, I thought it was kind of funny that this like challenge, encounter, exploration. I was like, wait, there's a difference between a challenge and an encounter, and it was just,
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. And then is. I realized, like, I, I knew the difference, but it was just like, we, I guess, sometimes use it interchangeably. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I, yeah. So reading that, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, well, uh,
0: it's kind of how they use the frame exploration for like you're in exploration mode now, yeah. Uh, but yeah. really, when you're when you're storytelling, when you're running through it, you don't ever necessarily tell players like, OK, well, we flip the switch for you or, you know, we flip the switch from encounter mode to exploration mode. Yeah, <laughs> we the switch to downtime mode. And, you know, it's it's not a toggle or anything like that. It's just something that is narratively explained by most game masters. And so, you know, codifying it is useful, especially when someone is trying to learn the ropes.
2: Yep. I mean, I'm I'm always down for a glossary. Again, my inner teacher loves it. Um, (laughs) I I do like how they broke up this section, you know, where it was like, you know, planning a session, starting the session, you know, what kind of adventure you want to actually do, you know, what kind of supplies you should actually have. Now, granted, um, it's a little bit too bad that, uh, you know, they didn't factor in uh, the fact that we've all gone digital because I think it would have been interesting for them to have like a, you know, hey, if you cannot meet in person, how to kind of accomplish this all. You know, online or some yeah. some some advice, and and again, that's probably because this was all written before the world decided to end. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it hey, hey, will um, return at some point. <laughs> we'll be able to
1: go outside eventually. Yeah,
2: sure. one day we'll be able to sit around a table together again. Sure. Um, but I, yeah, I think that's uh, that's kind of one of the things. But <laughs> I, I I did like how they you know they laid it all out. Um, it was easy to follow. It was easy to understand. Um, I I did get a, a a little kick out of the distractions and interruptions section.
3: Yeah, yeah, because I like it, that. <laughs>
2: because it's just like maintaining the player's attention keeps the game moving and leads to memorable moments when everyone's in the zone. Too many interruptions break the flow. Some distractions will happen, like jokes at the table, but make sure interruptions aren't too frequent. It helps to plan breaks into the game. A ten minute break is a great time to grab a snack, use the restroom, or look something up on your phone. And you know, I just go to. Oh, people just need to take a classroom management class.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what well, yeah, is? this we can all take good, classroom a good, management oh, class.
2: Man, uh, yeah. parents are all getting a crash course on it this year. I feel so bad. Like, because, you know, again, like. I went to school and learned a lot of strategies and then I still got tossed into, you know, a pool of sharks whenever I actually started teaching. And then, you know, the world flips upside down and then suddenly we're asking parents to not only do that, but, uh, you know, teach, do their jobs, maintain a household, do everything. I'm like, these people are rock stars. I don't have I have four cats and that's tough enough. And I cannot imagine having a little child like, that's why, that's why I think my brain automatically goes into how could I use this to teach kids? Because I'm <laughs> like, hey, you know, if you're like, we need to do an English lesson for today, you could say, hey, we're going to play an RPG today. And the homework could be like, okay, write me a backstory for a character. Or, you know, if you're teaching uh, dialogue or drama or something like that, which, again, that's more higher levels, lower levels, you could go simpler with it. But then my thought process is like, oh do that heck you could even put the kid in the gm shoes for writing a scenario i mean these are all skills <laughs> sorry i'm i totally I it out say, there for come, a second
0: and come, there goes come, the for weekend. The, come for the book discussion <laughs> stay for the teacher workshop uh, <laughs> i'm was, I was so sorry guys i just i get i get really
2: passionate about this stuff i'm still in education i just i'm not a uh, classroom no. so
0: well you do raise a valid point, though, that this does a great job of delving into a lot of suggestions for game masters. A lot of this is stuff that I think eventually either was written at the same time or eventually made its way to or stole from the second edition game master guide. Cause it's a lot of stuff that it's like, here's the big suggestions on how to become a game master, how to play the game, how to run the game. It includes one of my favorite segments from the, uh, from our review of the game master guide, which was, uh, the side blurbs of environmental um, descriptors where it's just yeah. like, you're in a forest sounds rustling, leaves, snapping branches, <laughs> animal calls, where it's, you know, it's stuff that if you've been playing the game for a long time, it's like, you make, you make your way out into the forest and you hear the wind rustling between the leaves In the distance you hear the sound of a hooting owl anticipating the come of twilight. And again,
2: how to write tone and mood. Sorry.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, I like that they included all that in here because it feels, I guess the easiest way to phrase this is this book does not feel condescending or even really handholdy. It feels like it is guiding you, it's providing you all the tools, and then it is trusting you to be intelligent enough to learn this, to dedicate yourself to this, and to be able to actively perform this. Eventually as good as anyone at a society table or someone that's been playing the game for years. Mm -hmm. And I like that it doesn't do anything in half measures. It goes, we're going to give you every tool that you need. Yeah. Straight out of the box to make a character of at least third level. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I did like
1: that there was there is one section if speaking of kind of handholding that I thought was actually useful handholding mm-hmm. so there's a section called using the rules and it has bullet points of yeah some basic kind of like rules of the road to just help you make snap judgments which I thought was really good especially uh, the last one which is when the heroes fail at a task look for a way they might fail forward yeah. meaning the story moves forward with the negative consequence rather than the failure halting progress entirely which it's- is huge when you're just getting yeah. into GMing yeah. and you think well if they don't do this thing then I don't know
3: what it, happens it's you know?
0: it's the classic conundrum of you know well what happens if the party dies like what happens if they lose a fight it's yeah. like mm-hmm. well do do they die not necessarily they can I mean maybe prisoner. yeah it's like maybe the big bat wants to know like how did you get here what do you know you know is there anyone else coming is there something else going on and then inevitably it leads the opportunity for the you know the Okay, well, let's put them in a cell with one inept guard. and then
2: <laughs> Or they can pick the pocket.
0: <laughs> and it always gets to my favorite part of any video game that they always shortchange me on. But it is always my favorite part of uh, any time this shows up in a game, I love it. And then they always chicken out at the last second. Which is when your character gets chap captured 30 hours into a game and you get stripped of all of your gear. Oh, and then I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm going to have to figure out a way to get out of here with nothing but my bare no. hands. I'm like back when to you first work in left. Crate, two seconds. Right yeah, and then here. it's in a crate. <laughs> Three feet down the hallway and it drives, <laughs> yep. it drives me the one that sticks to my mind the most is the Dragon Age Origins. It does that to you. And that one, at the very least, they split it, all of your characters' gears up into numerous crates. So, like, you'd oh, get okay. all of your gear immediately, but all of your other characters would be running up and punching people in the face <laughs> uh, until you find each person's gear. But I've always yeah. loved the...
1: Yeah, Red Dead Redemption at least had a mandatory stealth scene where you had to, like, you know, yeah. sneak past all these guards that, to that get out. That it to was- be the
0: alternative. <laughs> you
1: know, did a, it did a whole thing where it's like you know it's like a daring escape kind of a thing, and then you get your gear and you can basically sneak off and like literally sneak off and not kill anybody, which I thought yep. was like very against that game because that game is all about shooting people. So,
0: <laughs> but uh, there, but this does. Oh, I
2: was gonna say, isn't there like a Metal Gear game where you have to run around naked?
0: Yes, yes. Okay. yes I've never there actually is. played Metal, them, Metal but gear I
2: watch enough outside Xbox.
0: Yep.
1: That, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that definitely happened.
0: Metal Gear okay. Two with Raiden, yeah. Um. But there is an entire section on building adventures, uh, talking about environments and hazards, things like that. It's got a magic item section, because, again, there's a whole bunch of like items, standard gear that you see in the player section. And this includes a whole bunch of, you know, here's magic stuff. Uh, there's a giant creature section, which is something like 30 pages, give or take. Yeah, There's yeah, a, a lot of surprised. monsters in here. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, it even covers things like identifying creatures and all the rest of that stuff. Like, again, it doesn't. It provides you all the information you need to play the game the way it is intended to be played. So that if you jump into another adventure, if you decide to go, you know what? I don't want to pick up this. The next adventure is the Trouble in Otari. I want to skip straight to the Slithering. Then you already know the basics and can kind of jump into it. Uh, then there's a section on Otari, and yeah.
2: I mean, they had the. Um, I really liked the. Uh- I don't know if it's just the magic item section because down the center of the page, they have a lot of examples of of weapons and potions and stuff. And yeah, yeah. I always like those visuals because oh, sometimes yeah. it's, it's a little bit hard to picture because usually you only have like what you've seen in movies and whatnot. And it's not, a, it's not always this, the same. Um, I, I love going on Pinterest and like typing in adventurer's pack and seeing like what everything would look like and stuff like that. Cause <laughs> I, I think it helps. Yeah. Um, but I, I really liked how that they had the, the art like embedded within it.
0: Yeah. Which was really cool. So, uh, well, do we want to get to uh, some of our questions? Uh, yeah. Why don't we start with the ones on Discord, and then we can uh, go ahead and do our questions from the, the chat so we can compile those in the meantime. If you have any questions for us, feel free to go ahead and throw those in the chat now, and we will answer them. And uh, if Sounds you're listening good. to this in sometime in the future... We do this every other Tuesday at 8 o'clock Central Time. So, if you want to be able to ask your questions live, you can do that or go on our Discord and uh, you can pose the questions there beforehand. So, if you have any pressing concerns that you need our limited expertise on, then uh, (laughs) feel free to ask.
2: I I don't think we have another one this month just because um, it is is, Christmas Christmas holiday season. It's Uh, true. Plus, we got to wait for Pyzo to release some stuff.
0: Well, <laughs> we have we have some interesting plans in the work <laughs> for the true. new that year. So uh, stay yeah. tuned for that. Uh, let's go ahead and start with our questions from the Discord, however. Okay. Denev in the Discord asks, what do you think of the difficulty? I found it very easy for more veteran players, but I loved how it gives newer players a chance to shine. I'm going to assume mm-hmm. that that's in reference to the adventure. Probably. Mm. Um." Just looking it over, I have not run through it. Run through Just looking it over, I think that it probably leans a little bit more on the easier side. For a veteran player, it would probably, you're right, be very easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it does lean on the easy side. And I'm going to state something and this may be a little bit controversial, um, especially because I talked about how this game doesn't really do handholding, uh, or this box doesn't really do handholding. It's not a great thing to sell your system if someone sits down takes all the time to make a character and then dies the moment they start playing that actually yeah. happened to absolutely. me absolutely uh i made my first ADD character he was a halfling thief i don't even remember his name he was killed by a wormling red dragon because the fighter that my uh cousin's friend was uh playing wouldn't go to rescue my rescue me while i'm yelling for help because he had to put his armor on uh and so i had to fight a wormling Red Dragon is a first level thief and I died. I then came back with a paladin and swore that I would never play a lightly armored character again. That was a lie. But
2: <laughs> and I can still feel the animosity.
0: Uh-huh. But that That's a way I, of a I was willing I was willing to push through that even though I spent 4 hours making that character. And there are many people that if they were on the fence, if they spent 4 hours making a character and then that character died in the first or second encounter, they would never return to the game. Yeah. And so I yeah. can understand why they may make it a little hand-holdy, uh, why, they, why they may make it a little bit easier. And even, you know, from a GM standpoint, you don't necessarily, you don't want to bring all of your friends over and spend all the time learning this game to then just discourage them from playing it. Uh, it's the reason why if you're trying to introduce someone to video games, you don't start with Dark Souls.
2: Yep. I was about to bring that up be like, do not start with <laughs> yeah. Bloodborne.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. little bit easier if you start with like Super Mario World, um, yep. even though the first Super Mario games are actually pretty good. I
1: was going to say that the Mario games, though, do a good job at scaling that difficulty really well. Yeah. So it gets hard yeah. at the end. But the first couple ones are cakewalks, you know.
0: And some of the latter encounters in this adventure are actually they look to be pretty rough. And it even talks yeah. about like, you know, if it looks like it's going bad for the party, encourage them to run. Uh, and yeah. here's what happens if they do have to run and come back later, and that's an important lesson to teach people, especially early on, because there are still people playing the game that have been playing the game for years. That you know, I would rather you know fight to the death and and die here if in the retreat sand is than never an option. Ever you retreat, know? you know. I've yeah. broken my players of that a long time ago. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we learned. <laughs> so. Uh, do you Sometimes guys have any thoughts learn on it? we the hard way. <laughs> it's true. I, I know none of us got a chance to actually, you know, play this, but.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I looked at it, just mainly looked at the encounters. Um, I thought the encounters were pretty good. Um, if I think if you have six players, it's going to be relatively easy. Um, mm. If you have three characters, it's probably going to be a challenge because they don't give you any guides on how to scale it down true. if you have less than four players. So keep that yeah. in mind, you know, as if you're if you're thinking of running this. Mm-hmm. Um, is it's designed for four, so you know that's that's kind of the challenge you're going to run into is just okay. It's also, and I I, I may have just misremembering if they said it. There's not a good place to rest and recuperate really. So like you know if they, if they do uh, if they don't pace themselves, the players don't pace themselves, they will run out of spells and resources relatively
0: quickly, and they won't so, necessarily know to pace themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and and yeah. that's that's the that's another thing I thought was kind of a uh, concern, at least that I had was, okay, if the dungeon is this long and they don't know how to pace themselves, they're going to be in trouble by, you know, the end of the first floor at the latest. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I got, I'm got. i kind of with both of you guys. I don't know if I
0: really <laughs> much to add on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we nailed it, Rick. Boom. Done. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Pathfinder one. Uh. Our next question is from Good Couch and uh, friend of the show, Sarah, good who asked, uh, in your opinion, how has the adventure design philosophy shifted in the 2E beginners box scenario compared to Black Fang's dungeon from 1E? I will admit, and I think this is going to be in all of your cases, considering that I've been kind of your primary game master. I've never run the uh, Black Fang's dungeon. Nope. I have. I have. So well, we'll hand. Yeah. This is an entirely Jordan question. Yay! Yeah, I am useful. No idea. Um, so
1: <laughs> it's very similar um, in that it is. It even has some of the same kind of beats to it. So like you know, there's the giant spider fight where there's webs everywhere, and you have to worry <laughs> about getting entangled and all of that. Like it, it hits some of those same beats with it. Um, the black Fane dungeon, and I'm trying to remember from five years ago, probably when I last ran it. Um, is a little less linear and a little bit more explory, which is, it. There's it's a double-sided, you know, sword because on the one hand, if it's open, you have to make everything of kind of equal difficulty because you don't know what path they're going to take versus doing something linear like this, you can scale the difficulty appropriately. So I thought that, you know, I think that's probably the better way to do it, my personal, you know, opinion on it. Um, but uh, the other thing that they did differently in the first edition uh beginner's box is they also had a bunch of those quest kind of um scenarios if you didn't want to do the full dungeon crawl that's Mm -hmm. missing in this one so um for instance i remember one of my favorite ones was you walk into a a mage's you know uh classroom and uh you're looking for some book the book turns out to be a mimic you know Hmm. you fight the mimic like that was one of those moments where like I saw kids eyes light up there thought that was the coolest thing in the world and they were hooked for life, you know, like yeah. that I felt like that was kind of missing that like weird, like what in the world is going on? Like my entire perception of reality has just been shifted, you know, kind of moments, but that might just be because again, I'm a veteran player who's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Um, the magic's kind of worn off, but I, that was kind of the one thing I thought was kind of missing was it would have been nice to have like a quest type yeah.
0: uh, thing. So do you think this one was uh, handled better or worse? I know you haven't had a chance to run this one, but
1: uh, yeah, without having a chance to run it, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, Cause what I'd like to do is I'd like to run it with like three people, four people, six people, because that would probably tell me what mm-hmm. the difficulties sat it at, because I, I'm not as experienced as you are, obviously to being able to like, look at stuff and just go, that's a bad fight or that's a good fight. <laughs> you know, um, I'm going to assume it's all on the level. <laughs> Depends on the uh, benefit of the doubt. Cause it's probably on the level.
0: Yeah. I think it's well-designed. I think it's, Again, it may lean towards being a bit more lenient. Um, I think, in some part, also because some people may be making their own first characters, and I don't think that there's a way to make really a bad character with the options presented here. So no, there's not like there's really, there really a, isn't yeah.
1: actually a way to make a bad character.
0: So <laughs> yeah. Rachel's got a little buddy. I do. Dexter <laughs> is Poor in a his little, cone of shame. That's yeah, true. Poor little conehead. And
2: so I feel really bad for him, but he, he needs his neck roped.
0: All right. So, um, yeah. Ben from our Discord asks, how does the Beginner's Box do introducing systems and content outside of combats, traps, social encounters, downtime? I think it actually does a pretty good job. I don't think it's very, I think it just presents you with the rules. I don't think it's very handholdy. Yeah, uh, there's.
1: I mean, it's not part of the adventure to do downtime. Yeah. Um, so like that kind of mechanic doesn't exist. Um, they do have like, I think there's at least one trap. In yeah, and yeah. Th- there
2: are traps. You. I I don't know about any di- uh, diplomacy sort of stuff. I, I think it's kind of lacking, but that's just because you know, you're in a dungeon for most of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because it offers uh, two, three, about five traps to select yeah. from. Um, yeah, it goes over the hazard rules and the hazard experience rules and all the rest of that. But the uh, overall, actually, I think it does a pretty good job of presenting you with all of the options. It doesn't include it as written, uh, but I think it does a good job of actually like introducing how all of those options would work.
1: Yeah, it gives you enough tools to be able to create that scenario if that's something that's important to you. I w- it's not explicit, so it's yeah. it's the rules are all there for you to to do it. You just have to, you know, you'd have to maybe tweak it yourself to add a little bit of more diplomacy or, you know, do a continuing the adventure kind of a of a setup to to introduce those things like maybe take them on a you know victory lap around Otari and you know here's all the people you meet and all the schemes you find and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. I will say that uh, I was actually surprised they included all of that in the beginner's box, though. I was pleasantly surprised that they actually included the downtime rules. And you know, mind you, the downtime rules in the core rulebook was, I think, one page that was basically, here's how to retrain your character. Uh, (laughs) But all the other downtime stuff was just kind of established in things like the skill section and all the rest of that when you're talking about crafting things. But the fact that they actually included stuff like additional hazards and the downtime mechanics and uh, what else was it on here du, 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 du. you know exploration and how to actually even figure out the you know experience points and difficulty class and all the rest of that stuff. the fact that they included all of that in here uh, again shows you that this is a simplified version of the core rulebook but it is not it is the rules that you will be playing with if you're playing second edition. Yeah, I know we're and I kind mean, of keep reiterating it, that, but yeah. yeah. And if
1: we're talking like value for dollars, the the biggest strike, like the most striking thing to me is how much value you get for the dollars. Mm-hmm. It, oh, yeah. the, the first edition beginner box had roughly maybe eight hours of content without, you know, not counting character creation, like eight hours of just the modules you could run through and everything. Yeah. Um, and that's about it. This is, you know, a an adventure that will probably take you anywhere from four to six hours to do uh, minimum. Uh, and enough, like, additional content to make you, you know, to go up to third level, which yeah. means that you could, I mean, you could be looking at like a good 40 hours if you, you know, stretch it out with a really good, you know, amount of social aspects and things like that. Like, it's a, I was amazed at how long the PDF was. And it's like every page is is gold because... This is like one of those things like I could actually fully recommend go buy the beginner's box. See if you even like the system. If you do and you and your friends are good, then go buy the core rule book because you can play this whole this game for a good long time without it before you need to, you know, invest in the core rule book.
0: Well, the the sheer fact that they included a section that was uh, like eight starter story ideas that even let yeah. you yep. randomly roll it to determine mm-hmm. it means that there is a lot of options that you could easily buy this and then. Make multiple characters, take multiple characters from first to third level until you, in essence, hit the level cap that's allowed in here and then keep going with the story. Do do
1: what I do in MMOs and I go and I make a character in every class and figure out which one I like and then I delete all the extras and I just start with my main (laughs) character. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You could, get a, you could get a group of four friends together and play through four different scenarios where each person's playing one of the different classes and just rotate through until yeah. you play them all. And then once you find the one that you like, you could then jump into a new adventure after that. Mm-hmm. There's
2: lots of options.
0: So uh, Dizzy Dwarf writes in, While I felt it was a great introduction to Pathfinder, it also felt like a very narrow introduction. Just a dungeon crawl, lots of combat, some traps, some puzzles. Do you think that beginners would be better served by an adventure that touched on more elements of the system?
2: I I think it touches on the necessary elements because it's kind of like we said in the beginning that if you have too many options, it can get overwhelming. Um, And I do think that there's a there's a lot that you can, again, treat the beginners box kind of like your tutorial session. This is where you're getting good at, you know, the basics and then you can expand, but I don't think that that is necessary for what this box is offering. I mean, and it offers quite a bit already. Yeah. Um. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it needs to to have more than it does, really. Except for maybe more roleplay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I agree with that.
0: Yeah. I. Yeah, you know, I hit on earlier what I, I felt kind of the shortcomings were with this adventure here, and it's funny. Uh, my my almost my only thing that I think that they should have done more of is that they included a little thing at the end of this that talks about that's an advertisement thing that you know Paizo includes to advertise their own products, and I wish that they'd pushed society a bit more
3: mm-hmm. because
0: I think it could have been because if you're wanting a sample pl- sampler platter of what. Pathfinder is, you really can't do better than society. Where it's, you know, one time you're attending a wedding and the next time you're breaking into a museum, and the next time you're on a diplomatic mission, and the next time you're freeing a prisoner. And it is that, you know, monster of the week kind of style, that episodic content that is great. Um
1: Yeah, and and it's it's solid to where like anywhere that you started in society, you're going mm-hmm. to have a good time. Like yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing that I've I've been Really excited with Path with uh, Pathfinder Second Edition and Starfinder is like out of the gate it's gold. Like every every module is exciting. Yeah. It's you know they're all different in in a way that like there's some you don't even have to do like there are some you can get through <laughs> without a single combat if you yeah. are really good at diplomacy and there are some that you know like the you get into this, like, you feel that world just kind of build around you. And I think that that's, like, something that's a little bit harder to do in an adventure path that might be just stuck in a single area. So being able to actually take and and kind of do, like you said, the sampler platter of of all these different areas and be like, oh, man, I'm, I really think Osirian's really cool, and I want to play, you know, something in Osirian. Um, you're not going to be able to know that until you've kind of been there and kind of seen some of the stuff. So listen to Mummy's yeah. Mask.
0: There you go.
2: Yeah, girl, in to movies, man. But-
0: <laughs> so... A uh, nice sample there. Trailink writes in and says, what do you think of the beginner's box character creation rules compared to the CRB? Uh, I think we hit on this a lot earlier yeah. when we were talking about the character creation, but I, I think generally our takeaway from that was that they are really the core rulebook character creation rules, just limited.
1: I I was actually surprised because they have that first page that has the, you know, it's the picture of the character and then it has the sidebar that's like, you know, do these things to your character sheet. And that is straight out of the core rule book. Like that's not something that they did just for this. So like being able to see the similarities I thought was really nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's less wordy in the way that they're doing it in this because um, obviously they're trying to simplify it down, but, and they removed a bunch of options, but it's, it's very similar. Um, you know, it. It. I feel like the the touch that they did to try to simplify it mm-hmm. in terms of removing options was the right move, and they didn't simplify. They the didn't mechanics. change
2: the game. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's still the game. You're gonna play if you played this and you play this with the rules in here, it will still feel like second edition.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. it's Absolutely. like I'm and it's just because I've been playing this recently. It's like Breath of the Wild, where you start out in your small little area and you learn the basics. And then eventually you get a hang glider and then the world opens up to you. And that's what happens when you get the full core book.
1: <laughs> Paizo, you know what we need? A magic hang glider.
2: <laughs> I need a magic hang glider. yeah. I need a magic
1: hang glider. I need that in
2: my real life.
0: I know. I, I know, need the nice. arm
2: strength to actually hold on to it, though. I'm working on that. <laughs> there you go.
0: So Rose writes in and says, uh, thoughts on the new weapons, like the flame light, essentially sword and all that. I I remember looking over those and I love, I always love the concept of a weapon that is, this is this cool weapon thing, like flaming. And then it's like, here's a halfway step to flaming. Here's a weapon that it's, it lightly burns people. (laughs) I'm having a lot of trouble with that cat today. He's very needy. Keeps
2: jumping up every time I put him down.
0: Um, but it's like here's a weapon that it's like it's lightly burning. I think it I think the uh it
2: singes you. Yeah.
0: I think yeah. It, I think instead of a D6, it does one point of fire damage whenever you use it. And that you can use an interact action to increase it to do a D6 of fire damage. I think like once per uh ten minutes or something like that. Okay, but <laughs> you're
2: just licking your cone. So, it's not helping.
0: Oh know
1: poor little cat
0: when people ask me what I edit out of uh, the Find the Path podcast that right um, there <laughs> that's that's a lot of it <laughs> cat issues cats meowing things like that I was going to say
1: there's actually a lot more cat meowing than you guys would think
0: Yep. so um, yeah, personally I, I like the little halfway things I think they do one with an electricity weapon also where it's just like it does a small amount of electricity damage or then you can take an action to make it do a larger amount The only thing that I wish that they would possibly do with that is uh, find a way for you to use it for like a price discount to upgrade it to full on flaming.
2: Yeah, that'd be cool.
0: Oh, that would have been smart. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's just like, here's, you know,
2: here's an idea.
0: (laughs) Do do you have a Zippo and would you like a flamethrower? Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) You're halfway there. (laughs) Just
2: strap a bit of hairspray on there and you're good to go.
0: I don't know if I I might've been the only one that really looked over the magic item section, but
2: I didn't look at it in super detail.
1: I I glanced at it and had that. Whoa. Wow. There's like a lot of stuff in here. Yeah. (laughs) Like moment where I was like, dang, they put a lot of cool stuff in here. Um, But it, it, the way that I looked at it was the magic items were the, if you continue the adventure and you want to homebrew a little stuff, a little thing here and there, like it's, it's a lot of useful stuff. Um, I thought it was interesting in that, that 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 weapon in particular you're talking about is trying to lower the threshold to getting magic weapons to where you can get a magic weapon. I'm, I'm kind of air quoting that because it's pseudo magical, if you will. Yeah. Um, but without having to have a huge gold cost to actually get a magic weapon, if that's something that you're like, man, I just really want my magic sword. Well, get your magic sword. It does one point of fire damage, you know, and you can get yeah. it at like second level. So I thought, that was, I thought that was an interesting way of doing it, especially if you are looking at at it as I want to do something high fantasy and I want to do, you know, uh, a lot more magic. Like one of those magic is commonplace kind of settings versus yeah. um, kind yeah. of the, you know, magic's on the decline, which is kind of more the Pathfinder, um, you know, Lord of the Rings like Willow. vibe.
2: Sorry, I just saw an ad that they're turning that into a TV show. So my heart <laughs> just went
0: like, <sighs> I don't even know what's so, going on. One final question here from the Discord, and then we'll move on to our uh, our Twitch stream questions. Okay,
2: okay.
0: is uh, I'm going to say it's prize Prisriel. Prize Let's mm-hmm. go with that. Uh writes sentence says, in a lot of ways, what I have been reading, or sorry, in a lot of ways, what I have read of the beginners box highlights one of the big issues I have with most of the RPG systems in the last few years. Most of them are geared towards making combat streamlined and cut out a lot of the role-playing aspect by providing an illusion of choice in coming errata. And in the next few iterations of the AP system, what will you be doing to enhance the RP portion of the two E game set? Um, well, we unfortunately have very little control over the APs. I, I was going to say, yeah. just,
1: just to clarify, we don't work for <laughs> No, yeah. unfortunately, uh,
2: we,
0: we
1: are independent
0: partners. Yes, of, yeah. We are, we are independent partners. Um, I don't know how how much they even listen to us. Uh, every once every once in a while, hey, hey, we, listen to we, us. He shows listens to us, and he's a good fan. Uh, that being said, the while I think a lot of games are streamlining the combat side of things, and a lot of groups are kind of taking that as an opportunity to focus a little bit more on the combat side and starting to lean away from, or that they're not quantifying the mechanics of the roleplay as much. I don't think that that necessitates a reduction in role playing. And the reason I say that is, is I can look at something like the Abomination Volts coming up and think to myself, that's probably going to be light role play. I'm not expecting that to be something along the lines of war for the crown level of role playing. Yeah. But a lot of times you, you can look at the adventures, the APs that come out and just go, I can see where this one is going to be role play heavy, or this one is going to be role played light. Uh, when you have something like the Abomination Volts or the, uh, what was it? Fist of the Ruby Phoenix. Those are probably going to be more of a, you know, a 70-30 split, 70% combat, 30% role play. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can have something along the lines of, again, I just mentioned uh, War for the Crown, but even something like uh, Agents of Edgewatch, if you're looking at second edition. That from what I've read of that, Adventure Path has a lot of role playing opportunities because there's a lot of opportunities for you to show up and not go well. You know, pull out our billy clubs and beat everyone into unconsciousness, mm-hmm. and instead go with what's going to be a peaceful resolution to the situation. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's it's a different strokes for different folks, kind of of argument because there are people who genuinely they like the combat, they like the skill checks. That's what they're here for. Yeah, they're they're much more interested in doing a you know. Um, a a fast and furious like we've got to go, we've got to go. We don't have time to talk to people. We don't have time to yeah. to, to negotiate. You know, play style, and that's fine. It's all about family. There again, there is there is no way wrong way to play the game. There are going to be people like us where like you know if we can have a side you know mission that we go down on where we can go find a puppy and it takes you know a hundred hours to do that. We're going to do that. You know, that's just yeah. how we yeah. are.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So. <laughs> I think, I think kind of the big takeaway for, for it is is that second edition has do, done a lot more to quantify the mechanics for role-playing. And I've always kind of felt that role-playing is something that doesn't need quantified mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find like the social combat rules and everything, I found them interesting from an intellectual standpoint. But most of the time I would prefer to, I will occasionally require someone to roll a diplomacy check. Where it's just you've had a conversation with this character and things seem to be going pretty good, but let's see how they're really going. Like that, that's you Go sealing the deal, basically. Yeah. yeah, you know. And I like to, I like to do that because I can adjust the DC based on how well the party's role played. And usually, I find I adjust the DC quite a bit because that's I have a group of great role players. And it took us a long making, time
2: to get there. Yeah, though.
0: we try. Uh,
2: Our early role play was pretty. Oh, I mean And I'm even talking about the podcast.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: there was some there was some
0: iffiness. <laughs> and all that being said, I think second edition does do one good thing for the sake of uh focusing on the role play side, which is making the hero points canon, making yeah. them part of the cool mm-hmm. rule system. Where so if the party just goes, Okay, we did all this stuff and everything else to to make this great, you know. Argument and everything to the queen, and then you bounce the dice and you roll a natural one. You can at the very least go hero point. You
2: yeah. can just because like no like like you can just write it off as oh my character <laughs> had to cough <laughs> re-roll it oh thank God <laughs> <You> yeah <know?
0: laughs> yeah um so I think that that at the very least is in ingrained into the second edition system to mm-hmm. allow for people to role play. Uh, and have that mechanic actually f- function in, but to be perfectly honest, I would love to see, and I maybe I'm going to see this with the Thousand Fists, um, or that was Strength of Thousands, uh, adventure path that's coming up. But I would love to see a much more role play centric adventure path. I would in love to be- edition,
1: in I second edition, because I think they have it in yeah. first edition, but they they, uh, it, it, they haven't had a War for the Crown kind of you know high role play.
0: Yeah. They'll get there. Yeah. I personally, and this is just me throwing this out there, and it has very little to do with this immediately. But uh, I would love to see an adventure path. And I know people have thrown around the idea of like Nex and Geb adventure path and all the rest of that. I would love oh, to I'd see so one funny. that involves um, a large bit of subterfuge where you're playing infiltrators or double agents on either side that are either like. You know, you could be working for one side versus the other side. I don't know how easily that would be to do, but do something, um, there or elsewhere in the setting where it's, this is something that's just dedicated to role play, where mm-hmm. you should really only be rolling the combat if everything has gone poorly, uh, or if you're trying to assassinate someone.
1: Give me that Italian job, you know, kind of thing
0: where yeah. it's like it's all
1: about casing the joint and and you know getting in good with the guards and learning their routines and likes I mean, and my, dislikes.
0: Yeah, my my thought was a little bit more, you know, James Bond, but James Bond tends to pull his gun a lot more than he. Really I was gonna should. say James
1: <laughs> Bond. It is mandatory in a James Bond movie that he kills like a hundred people, so you know,
0: <laughs> not minimum, the meow. best example. Yeah. So uh, what do, what do we have from the uh, the. Questions in chat now. Okie
1: okay, dokie. We'll go back to the beginning. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, lots of people sharing anecdotes of them using the system or planning to use the system. Yay. Awesome. So good on you guys. Apparently, we convinced you before we even started this
0: discussion.
2: Go by. <laughs> <laughs> well, my
0: work here is done
1: done <laughs> um let's see uh including people who've never played ttrpgs before so that's oh, gonna be fun um, very nice um i'm excited do, 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 do. please
0: get on to discord share uh, your results yeah talking about excel
1: sheets love excel sheets um do apparently adhesive sheets. laminating sheets yeah Some, they have the uh, kind s- that just
2: stick together that are pretty cool i'm an old oh, school i Al-Torin. like my heated one though
1: yeah, Baron Altorin uh, works in educational IT. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um, sometimes has to read teachers'
0: handwritings, and it's not always better than the <laughs> students. I know.
2: I saw that, and I was like, I don't. I, Take <laughs> I, that. I have met many a teacher with pretty horrendous handwriting. Yeah. It's and not that's the why case with Rachel. Well.
0: Rachel probably has the best handwriting in the group. I,
2: I have very nice handwriting, but I have tiny, itty bitty handwriting um, to the point that in school I was asked to type things because my teachers hated reading my handwriting. <laughs> it's small. Goodness. It's very tiny, small.
1: So there's actually a lot of discussion on here. That's not questions. It's just very interesting. Discussions. <laughs> I didn't look at any of this. We made a thought
0: provoking episode. Yay. Getting, getting people to think about teaching.
1: Uh, this is a, a rather targeted question uh, from okay. Francisco Bellacroix. I like it. Uh, he says, interesting enough, you could build a human wizard with a scholar background and get a plus five to intelligence, which shouldn't be possible. Right.
2: I think uh, somebody answered that, didn't
1: they? Did somebody answer this? I don't It know. does not look like somebody answered this.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Plus five to intelligence. Shouldn't be possible. Uh, let's
1: see. It, there's only one uh, background that gives plus one to strength, and it says if you're a fighter, then you have to change that to a plus one con.
2: I honestly have not looked at it in that much detail. Yeah, because so I don't technically know.
1: you should be getting, it should go to a plus one after 18. So if you have an 18, it becomes a plus one bonus instead of a plus two bonus. So I'm not sure if you can actually get a 20 out
0: there. Because the it, it, it probably dictates no. that
2: you have to put it you, in another you category. You should be getting
0: one from your background, uh, one from your class, one from your ancestry if you put it in your ancestry. And then you get your free point spend and you can't double down on your point spend.
2: Yeah, so you yeah. can only get up to plus four.
0: So you should only be able to get up to plus four. Yeah, unless there's a typo somewhere. Which yeah, uh, which hey, if you I found a possible. typo, I
2: love that as a teacher. I love finding typos and things. <laughs> it's would. a guilty pleasure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rachel pulls out a big uh, red marker.
2: I use purple. Thank you. Red is a negative color when it comes to grading.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> Rav Khan does ask. Does anyone else r- <laughs> wish Rachel would GM once just so she could giggle with all the crits?
2: Rachel will not be GMing.
1: I I imagine because my luck is like this, I wreck as a GM, but I am like my dice rolls are terrible as a player that you will be much the same and you will be bad as a GM. You'll just roll nothing but ones. That's my own internal uh, headcanon for you. I feel
2: like you're just challenging me now and my competitive nature really wants to take the bait. And I don't think I would be a bad GM. I just have enough crap going on. <laughs> so, maybe after <maybe laughs> right, my cat it, stitches so, are out and Christmas season is over, maybe I'll look into the beginner box a little um,
0: bit. <laughs> I'm just gonna say we're we're three fifths of the way to our uh, our next Patreon tier, which is uh, going to be the the weekly Tyrants Grasp release. Uh, I wouldn't mind just adding on there a little cherry on top that uh, Rachel runs a Pathfinder Society oh, scenario for everyone.
1: Just, just one, just the just one. one. We'll just got one.
0: Yeah. I
2: don't know if if it's I have to do it, Society. then we have it's to like con Heather hours. into doing it at some point. Because oh man, she's the Heather other would be
0: really fun to CGM. We'll <laughs> save we'll save Heather for the seventy five hundred dollars. Oh,
2: there you go. <laughs> I mean, if we if oh, we man. get up to one of our goals, sure, I'll GM a game, but it, it'd be a while. Before you heard it done. here first, people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh,
1: so on to serious questions. Uh, Revcon does have an actual serious question. Uh, if you wanted to change Sioni as a starting character uh, in this box, who would you love as the other three? I'm going to just assume we can't use the ones that are already there.
2: Oh, All right. well, I'm there's gonna, not that many. I'm going
0: to throw my idea out. All right. Because uh, first off, you can't get rid of Kyra and Murisil. Um, They're an amazing couple. They just recently got married in the canon, I believe. So you got married... yeah, right. right. to have the married
1: together, stays together. You have to have a married
0: couple in there. Uh, so I'm thinking throw in Sione, have Valorous take a step back, bring in a Miri, and then you have the, the all girl team.
2: Oh, that, Ooh, yeah, I like that. yeah. oh, I like that. Good representation. I
0: like that. Everyone right. loves a good, angry barbarian. That's and right. And plus for anyone that decided to step into Pathfinder because of uh, playing the Kingmaker CRPG, then they would have a yeah, character have they immediately recognize.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, i Done. Would, it would be Pathfinder. a weird. Yeah, it'd be a weird <laughs> choice, but maybe for a fifth character, put Fumbus in there. Goblins are just weird, man. Oh, maybe.
3: Yeah. I don't
1: know. I, it's also a different system than everything else, so that would probably be one of the reasons it's not in there. Yeah.
0: It's okay. kind of the same as like adding in the rage adds in an extra wrinkle and everything. The fighter's just yeah. a little yeah. bit more, you know, generic, it's a little, little more streamlined. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, adding in the alchemy would be a little difficult. But again, I just you could also do the same thing with uh, what was her name? I think it also starts with an S, and I blinked on it. The paladin.
2: Um. No, I th- no that's good. Oh well. <laughs> Just have it pulled uh, up. Uh, so, no. Sela. Sela. Anyway, next question.
1: Anyways. All right. Next so question lady from team. Wolf Mafia, all lady team. which Wolf is unrelated Mafia. to the book, but where is Rick in relation to Rachel? Oh, Spoilers. They're where? in the same room. Hello?
2: Can we reach? I can't reach you
1: so they they're on a uh, two tables yeah. side by side that, he is. that is why that's that why there's a giant yeah. bookshelf behind both
3: of them yeah. that is a uh, shared so
2: office i have so. i have yes. all the you know the teachery and ya and all my stuff here and then he's kind of taken over yeah,
1: the other two-thirds <laughs> of i will point
0: out <laughs> that this this here is a shared it's a shared because because that-
2: i have the 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 this printer. printer stuff <laughs> and my stuff so it's it's divided equally it's but uh yes <laughs> we are next to each other this is yes. my workspace i work from home so uh this must be it's also
0: a recording studio and, <laughs> and, and the find the story. path studios yes um, i was gonna say the, the plural awesome. studios unfortunately because we, we have multiples at this point we, yes yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, fortunately okay. the cats gravitate towards her so i have a little bit of i have so much here. cat hair
2: on my desk i need one of those little like desk vacuums <laughs> that you just like <laughs> you gather In the it world's all up.
0: smallest roomba
2: I, I really do like dexter especially now since he's cone bound he has lots of hair because i have to rub his neck
1: <laughs> <laughs> sad <laughs> um dad. okay a behind the scenes here yeah. find the path
2: my my poor head.
1: Goodness. So, Raising <laughs> Rune Lords, great name, by the way, uh, says not beginner box oh, related. Sorry, a lot just, I'm going to have to interrupt question.
0: before this flies out of my brain. I just got like a Muppets Babies theme, but with just like the seven Rune Lords, like raising the Rune Lords from children. Anyway.
1: Rune Lord babies.
0: Okay. Um, I would watch that show.
1: It's been a million years since I've Carso, seen Muppet babies. So I don't remember what
0: their intro yep. is. Yeah, Karzu hog, hogging all of the toys and his mom oh, definitely,
1: definitely.
2: Yeah.
0: And then
1: and then Karzug in jail with all the toys. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so raising is coming over
0: and kicking down all of his toys. <laughs> <You know.
1: laughs> uh, says not beginner box related. Did you guys watch the Taking Twenty YouTube vlog from yesterday, in which Cody states Pathfinder Two E gives the illusion of choice but funnels characters into the same actions every round, time after time after time. Do you agree with his comments? I have not seen I this, so I don't know not. what
0: this. Is. No. yeah, I don't I know what this is. This. I would argue that. I would argue, and I'm going to make a statement and it's going to possibly sound somewhat confrontational. I'd argue that someone who feels that way is not being creative enough with a system.
1: Oh, I agree with that.
3: Uh,
0: because yeah. the, mm-hmm. I find that the three-action economy, which is brilliant, uh, opens up an additional avenue for someone. And mind you, depending on how you build your character and what level of a character you're talking about, you could make that argument. But I find that if you are considering that you can do a two action spell casting, take a guarded step or a move or pull an item or activate an item, depending upon the items activation, that it provides a greater degree of versatility than almost any other role playing system out there. Uh, and so if you are just repeating the exact same actions over and over and over again, it's probably a flaw with how you've designed your character and Technically speaking, there's nothing wrong with having a character that does decide to use the exact same action over and over and over yeah. again. However, if you do design a character that does that, I don't think that you could blame the system at that point for that being the way that you're playing the game.
2: I will say, like early play,
0: early play, you're attention.
2: always going to do the same stuff because you don't yeah. have a lot of the abilities that you're going to end up with. Because, yeah. like, I still remember the first adventure path Pla- pa- uh, adventure path that I played in one e, you know. <laughs> At the beginning, my characters was stab, 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 only because it yeah. was one E. It was stab.
3: <laughs> yeah. And
2: then, you know, eventually, as my character progressed, you know, you got you got to do a lot more. There were flourishes you could do. There were added things. And I think that's the same way with, that it's going to be for Tui. Yeah, in the beginning, there, you're going to be limited to what you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And then as your character progresses, you're going to have more options. That's just the nature of the game.
0: Now, I am curious to know... Like, what is the benchmark being compared to? Like, is there another system that he's talking about that gives you a greater degree of versatility of what you could do with your actions every round? Um, Again, I mostly play D20 games, so I don't know. I'm going to assume with a title like Taking 20 that they're also playing D20 as well. Yeah, But, you know, if I can understand there being a complaint where they wanted more. And maybe they feel like they need to have a class that gives them something more, that gives them a single action thing that they can do each round that would give some sort of bonus or benefit to one of their allies. But I just, I can't, I can't think of another system that provides something better.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I mean, I, I've played. Starfinder 5e first edition, second edition, and um, in all of them, I've had those moments of what do I trade out to get the get an action? Like, you never have that thing where I just was like, I there's moments where it's like, I don't know what else I can do except this, but yeah. that's not indicative of the entire system, that's indicative of a situation that I've been put in
0: now. So, Go. On. Sorry.
1: So, I, because I don't know, like, again, it, it also depends on what you're playing. Because if you're playing a, you know, two handed weapon <laughs> um, fighter, then maybe, yeah, it may be a little samey where it's like, I walk, I stride, I strike, I strike. Um, you never run
2: out of sword. Because
1: you never run out of sword. Um, but if you're playing something like, say, the swashbuckler, I know that they get reactions that they can mm-hmm. do. Um, I know that they get actions that they can do to, um, uh, boost booster AC and do some other kind of like things like that, like yeah. similar to raising a shield. There's there are actions you can do that. It's basically like if you don't have anything else you you could do, you could always do that. So I'm not sure that I ever I, I've so far at least felt constrained, even at low level play. Um, But again, I tend to play casters and you can always cast more magic. So yeah, I never I'm, runs out anymore either.
0: I'm kind of curious Um and maybe there's some people that could answer this and post some stuff either on discord or elsewhere. I'm kind of curious whether or not the, the lack of imagination with the third action is because we are also conditioned for two actions. Mm. And did you just trained? Yeah.
2: looks like it says uh, Cody compared it to five E and decided if combat and both have the same illusion of choice, he'd rather play the easier play easier to play system five E.
0: Okay. So, I mean, that can be an argument, and if, if that's the argument that he that he makes, and if that's the system that he's more comfortable with, then I always encourage people to play the system that they're more comfortable with.
1: Yeah, play what you yeah. have fun with, the, so it doesn't matter if it's yeah. 5e or 2nd or, or edition. Yeah, I
0: don't feel like it creates an illusion of choice, and not to turn his words on him, but I feel like it's a little bit falling prey to the paradox of choice, where it's there are a mm-hmm. lot of things that you can do with it, so being able to use that third action for a five-foot step or being able to raise a shield or being able to retrieve an item, uh, moving yourself, you know, striking twice and moving yourself into a uh, a more viable position. Um, I also don't think it can be underestimated how the three-action economy opens up so many avenues for monsters and for the dungeon master. Oh, yeah. Because the three-action economy does that a lot. Uh, what I would really like to see come out in future Pathfinder supplements would be, especially for spellcasters, uh, you know, one action spells. More I one like action to see. spells for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see more of those, even if they are, it's like, you know, this spell is really weak for a fifth level spell. And it's like, yeah, but it's a single action. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's the power of a third level spell, but it's only a single action, you know? Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, I'd be curious, but again, I would be curious to see somebody who was not a first edition player, coming in and seeing how they deal with the reaction economy. Like if it's ingrained in their mind from the beginning to think about how all three actions will interact. Uh, I'd be interested to see how that works. But yeah. again, he is entitled to his opinion and yeah. you know, I hear a Probably. lot of good things about fifth edition. You know, yeah, it's not I mean, my bag, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I was
1: going to say it, it. it's, it's I one like of those rules. things because I play Pathfinder first. <laughs> I like
0: the rules. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like there. I don't like things to be subjective. Um, not to say anything bad about Fifth Edition, but I don't like I don't like there to have to be a lot of judgment calls on the GM's side. I like there to be a here's where in the rulebook it states specifically what happens in the situation. And I know that kind of steals power away from the game masters, such as myself, but it also provides that level playing field where you know if I'm having a bad day because of something at work. I really can't take it out on the players by just saying, uh, you know what, Jordan, go ahead and make me, you know, I know usually this would require a climb check, but go ahead and make me a reflex save. Let's just make it DC 35 to see if you fall off this hundred foot cliff. Just because, my dice. <laughs> 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 but I only have a plus 14. Good luck. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Um, so, uh, Raising Red Lords also does congratulate us on drawing the first exhibition match in Super Smash Finder.
0: That is That's true. Cool. So that, will that will be, be next coming week. up
1: uh, next week, actually. Oh, yeah. cool.
0: Yep. I'm not so we'll be doing a 4v4
1: four, four, four exhibition match
0: with yeah, tenth characters. characters. So. Yep, we'll be stepping into the, uh, the ring Yo, for that. Arena. With... Um, it's going to be Team Jigari versus the Bearded yeah. Dragons. Team
2: Jigari. Team <laughs> yeah, I love
0: we it. are all Jigari. playing Jigari because that's that, a fantastic that joke and, just, and we're leaning into yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. Uh which is going to be with the uh the fine folks over at Minmax. It's going to be our yeah. uh, our opposition there. Nice. So, yeah. come see team, really team Jigari um, and see how it goes.
1: Yeah, it's it's been really fun so far on the on the the setup for this. All so it should be really uh, make some really interesting content. We're just, yeah. we're just gonna have fun with it. So, so you yeah, know. and so, thank like, you,
0: uh, Jason and Vanessa, for going through and putting all that together.
1: It's been a lot of work, by the way. They have put a ton of work into yeah. Super Smash Finder to make it fair and you know <laughs> all of that. So, so I made a character a that
0: is ridiculous and probably not remotely. I'm a little worried about going up against a group uh, that call themselves Minmax. The
1: Minmaxers, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, because my character is certainly not.
1: <laughs> oh, same. Ditto. Yeah. I, I, I built my character to, to give you a preview. I built my character to be ridiculous in every way you can take that word.
0: <laughs> I would not use the uh, phrase ridiculous to describe my character.
1: Uh, Fabulous. Fabulous?
0: <laughs> Fabulous. Maybe. Fabulous.
1: Um, okay. Let's see. do. do, 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 do. Uh, Wolf Mafia asking what happened to our poor cone kitty
2: Uh, I did answer (laughs) that in the text but for those who are curious my baby Dexter had to get a bladder stone removed he is getting his stitches out tomorrow so he will be be out of the cone tomorrow he is very happy he's been in it for two weeks (laughs)
1: yeah Uh, okay, and then Wolf Mafia asking for a sneak peek at our characters and classes and ancestries for Super Smash Finder. We're not going to tell you because that would actually <laughs> be giving our competition a leg up because we don't even know who we're playing. Yeah. So True. you guys I, will find I will out give when you this, they
0: find out. I will give you this this one hint for it. Um, I believe all four of us are playing Jagares. Yes. Uh, which are a human noble family. Now. That's fair. Versatile heritages.
3: Who or knows? just regular
0: heritage. Maybe some half elves or some half orcs. There might like be an I adopted know, know. character really in there, but uh, we'll find out.
1: Yep. So tune in. <laughs> I don't, actually, yeah, I think they're doing that live uh, on the 21st. So you can tune yeah. in and watch live and find out for yourselves what ridiculous characters we've made. Sorry, Something's fabulous characters we've made.
0: Fabulous. Fabulous and Ridiculously ridiculous. fabulous characters we've made.
1: Yes.
2: Yay. It'll be fun
1: wolf mafia does comment rick's love of foreshadowing strikes again
2: (laughs) basically how he lives his life
0: yes yes it does it's true (laughs) i wake up every morning i'm like hmm this will be a good day and sometimes it's true i'd say most times i live a pretty enchanted life (laughs) he's got me must be nice
1: must be nice (laughs) to have dice luck on your side i mean i do I don't. So it must be nice. <laughs> it, it, it is nice.
0: <laughs> Speaking of foreshadowing, do I anticipate this is the end?
2: I think so. I think this is the. Do end. Do we have any
0: other questions remaining? No, that's it. We're I out don't of questions. See any-
1: All right, everybody's turned on to Super Smash Finder, which means it's time yeah. for us to leave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, again, check out the uh, the Super Smash Finder that's coming out soon. Uh, I would say that I. Thoroughly enjoyed this box set. I think it is very a very good introduction to the system. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I hope that other people that decide to take the dive into this agree with that. Beyond that, uh, I don't really have much else to say. So uh, check in on the uh, the Super Smash Finder stuff for next week. Is that going to be hosted on... uh,
1: I think it's on their Twitch. So
0: join us uh hold on time for the very first match join find the path pod and min max as they go head-to-head on monday 12 21 at 9 p.m eastern time who will be victorious find the Path's team jigare or min max's bearded dragons join us live on twitch and cheer them on uh, it's at the super smash finder twitch stream so go and check it out i would love to uh to see a whole bunch of y'all there. We need you in the crowd. I don't know if there's any audience participation, but.
1: I was going to say, is it, is there a crowd or are they just going to pipe in some sounds of everybody
0: going,
3: oh, yep.
0: yeah, yep. <laughs> I, I don't know how mechanically this works, but I, uh, I would appreciate any of you pushing for as many hero points for me as possible.
1: Oh man, that would be cool if they pulled for hero points from the crowd. That would be know. really game breaking.
0: If you're checking this out, Jason, let me know.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was gonna say we might have found
0: a loophole. Loophole. <laughs> <laughs> we love loopholes. So uh, yeah, I guess that's it. So uh, until next time, that's it from all of us at Find the Path and Cone Kitty over there. Yep. And uh, would like a special
1: guest star, Cone Kitty.
0: Uh
2: Say hello, Dexter.
0: Say goodbye, Dexter.
2: Say goodbye, Dexter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And until next time, good luck, Pathfinders.
2: Bye, Pathfolk. Bye, Pathfolk.